0: Hey gang, Hyderberg here. Tonight we have last minute surprise guest 2PM Todd, friend and supporter of the show. I've asked him here as a guest because of his outspoken fandom of Rob Zombie and all things Tootie Fucking Fruity. So get yourself a cone and eat it fast because it's hot in hell. Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects on episode 105 of A Cut Above starts now. You know, I think I'm going to get me some Tootie Fucking Fruity.
1: Tootie Fucking
2: Fruity, that sounds good. Too T- fucking fruity! Shut up! T- fucking fruity! Too <laughs> fucking uh, fruity! Shut up! Too <laughs> fucking
1: fruity! Listen, <laughs> there
0: is no fucking ice cream in your fucking future! Cut my life into pieces!
3: good evening and welcome to a cut above horror review a podcast where we review all things horror i'm your host jacqueline and tonight we'll be doing the devil's rejects from rob zombie 2005
0: yeah yeah rob zombie
3: dang i was i was rocking out you can give me a few more seconds (laughs) a
0: few more seconds and we'll get sued so
3: yeah, copyright. Uh, i'll listen to it on my own time uh yeah so but before we before we get into it let's meet everybody else on the show first up i'm so so happy and surprised to introduce our surprise guest which i didn't even know about until about five minutes ago it's 2 p.m todd our good friend
2: what's up todd just living the dream down here in florida Jacqueline. thank you so much for having me on the show <laughs>
3: I, I'm so happy. You are absolutely a perfect guest to, to have on with us tonight. I'm really excited that now I have an ally to help me defend this <laughs> film.
2: <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and next up, we got John. What's going on, John?
1: Jacqueline, what's happening? Todd, fantastic to meet you, my friend. Uh, heard a lot about you. We all have the same common thread when it comes to straight chilling podcast so glad to have you on buddy and uh yeah rob zombie yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh
3: <laughs> and last but not least we got hyderberg what's going on hyderberg
0: what's going on guys john Jacqueline, what's going on uh todd or should i say mc 2 p.m todd mc 2 p.m uh, <laughs> <the rapper>. uh <laughs> thanks for coming on and how uh, keeping the secret Thanks for having the other hosts.
3: That was a good secret. John and I had no idea that Todd was going to be on with us. And then a mystery mystery identity appeared on the Zoom call. And we were like, what is this? Yeah, we've been working
0: on it since uh, like last Tuesday. So Mm -hmm. after last week's show, we were talking. He was like, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about uh, Devil's Rejects. And it's, you know, I'm always coming to the aid of Rob Zombie. And I thought, well, who better to come to Jacqueline's aid? Yes. Yep. how many times
2: slack,
3: we have you fought the off the haters on the Slack? I know. Uh, so Todd is our friend, um, of course, from the straight-shilling Slack. That's, how we, other, yeah, that's how we meet all our
0: friends.
3: <laughs> pretty much. I don't know anybody anymore that I didn't meet on the Slack. So that's like the entirety of my social universe. <laughs> so Todd um, Todd is our friend from the Slack, and he and I have always banded together pretty much alone <laughs> to defend the good name of Robert Zombie. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm.
2: Rob and you Can you just do that? <laughs> just periodically, all the way through.
1: Hyderberg, yeah. you have to like just keep that every time we do the mention. You got to play that. But
2: <laughs> well, what do we because, say, Hyderberg? Were we going to take bets how many
0: times we say Rob Zombie during? This <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, this Perfect. is going to be the most Rob Zombie filled episode <laughs> possibly ever.
3: Well, I don't know. I I don't know. It, it may tie for the number of times mentioned with our House of a Thousand Corpses episode, also directed by Rob Zombie. <laughs> the commitment of the bit is admirable. <laughs> I'm really thank angry. you, thank you much
0: respect
1: <laughs> please hold on to that for future episodes
0: <laughs> yeah. it's been in the plans for a while i just never actually tried to figure it out so i love it oh do man you- <laughs> i don't uh, spoil you yet
3: why not we've put two years into this thing i feel like i deserve a little something
0: oh yeah yeah Big, i mean congratulations. i got you 2 p.m todd and i got you a rob zombie soundboard i mean what else do you want I do <laughs> want
1: to say congratulations to Jacqueline and Heideberg and myself. It's officially two years tomorrow that we've been doing this
0: podcast. It is. It's our official two-year anniversary. Nice. Yeah.
3: We, well, uh, we our raw episode, which was our first aired on fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah, we recorded on fourth of July.
2: Yeah. I really can't think of a better episode to be on. And in honor of 200, you know, the the two two year mark, I brought this large <laughs> oh my god. He's got a trash bag of prizes for Hydra Bird.
0: Are they sharp? Oh, they're all just for me. Are they? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I bet there's some sharp items. Sharp? In that old items? Sharp items. It's amazing.
2: Maybe a gun. Maybe a gun. (laughs) gun.
0: Damn it. I'm terrible. (laughs) Sorry.
3: Oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, Todd.
0: uh, Sorry
3: i don't know if i'm gonna be able to keep composed i'll stop
1: this is nope. gonna be a long episode Holy, it's gee. gonna be a good one john buckle yeah in. I, i'm buckled in yeah <laughs>
0: yeah devil man
3: well uh, todd you've been such a great supporter of ours from the very beginning you've written in so many times and called in and left us kind messages and you are truly like one of our most loyal fans so i am very pleased to have you here at the two-year mark as well so
0: me Thanks. too. So we, yes, I've mentioned it briefly, I think in our celebration episode or one of our episodes, but me and me and Todd keep correspondence throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, we DM mainly on like a Facebook messenger and he leaves me like these videos or an audio <laughs> messages, I should say. It's like uh, a cut above <laughs> on the street or like inside. And he'll like give us his honest review on our episode as well as our progress and things that we're doing well or just things that are in our life, you know, like and he'll just pretend like he's like, He's on the street, Johnny on the spot, you know, and he's there representing a cut above. And then, like, I'll leave a message back at him. And I've recently started sharing. I got to share the message. I realize I can share them through Facebook Messenger, and I can send them out to you guys too, so you can hear them. But absolutely, they're, they're uplifting as well as hilarious. And uh, <laughs> keep them coming, bro, because I enjoy our little back and forth tremendously on Facebook.
2: Well, Hyderberg, you know, being uh, the leader over the, a cut above insider a companion podcast to mm-hmm. a cut above the number one horror podcast in the world I mean it's okay. a lot of responsibility um you know so I listen with a critical ear and I come with the hot takes that's what I try
0: for them. I appreciate <laughs> it I picture you like Jake Hall from Nightcrawler just kind of like getting it getting it done regardless oh, totally. of, yeah totally. regardless of what what it takes you know it
1: we love you for that, Todd. The one thing is, is we need to start getting those sponsorships after two years. You know, Manscaped. Come on. I can trim <laughs> my ball hair up. I, I want some blue chew. I'm getting up there in age. Absolutely. I, I think we chew. just
0: got a new sponsor. <laughs> I think it's a Pep Boys spot. I think it's Pep Boys
1: or... Manny oh, Moe
0: and Rob Zombie Girl! All your dragula needs fixed at Pet Boys now.
1: Ah, I love that.
2: All of your dragula
0: needs.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is Blue Chew?
0: Oh, it's for it, men. It's, it's uh, for EB. men. It's Get what? Your yeah. Dick hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> As Captain Smalling. It's, would it's say. got all. Of
1: the, it's got all the ingredients that uh, Cialis and Viagra, uh, but it's a chewable
0: pill. So they kick in slower. <laughs> like I don't know. They're they're popular in like every single social media spot for men you like, see you oh. see
1: them in youtube you see them in pod, yeah. or hear hear them they're pretty easy podcast.
0: actually to get in a sponsorship with so maybe okay. we should start pumping it
3: oh that's fine literally my algorithm's on social working because i've never even heard of this so they're clearly not targeted. Well,
0: joey knows about them trust me <laughs> ask him about it <laughs> oh we lost jacqueline no we didn't
3: uh, here. She's her. I, i'm leaving yeah she's
0: leaving. never told she's like... a joke rude enough yet for jacqueline to leave and now's not the time not on a rob zombie episode
3: i feel like if, if he's gonna make anybody leave you're gonna leave because of me at some point Nah. <laughs> uh all right well you fellas ready to talk some horror yes all right john you got some news for us
1: i do you you guys remember back in the day when blumhouse was the shit it was like every time blumhouse would release a movie it's like a low budget like you know maybe it wasn't the greatest movie but it was still fun they always based it off a low budget but these motherfuckers have fucked up movies uh for the past i would say five or six years and they're about ready to fuck up another one Uh um they're rebooting the movie spawn the comic book well, Todd McFarlane.
0: yeah, this is this has been in the making for a while. McFarlane's actually behind it. He's uh, one of the creative drives. I don't know. Um, the first movie wasn't that great, anyway.
1: It wasn't. Um,
0: what it was, was okay. it? Mid nineties or something? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I don't, I don't remember. Well, but
3: I mean, I'm not like married to it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really have. A name.
1: Okay. Well, here's here's. My argument towards that is that we've all watched the Halloween trilogy that Blumhouse remade, right? Or the the direct sequels, right? Yeah. Were we happy
0: with those? I was happy with one of them. I was semi happy with was, the first. I was never happy with the overall, like the the like all the content in those movies. I do think that those movies were like made well. Uh, mm-hmm. There were yeah. elements, the craft was there. Like there was love put into the the, the making of those films, but where they went, like narrative wise, I don't really.
3: Thumbs uh, down on story.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Halloween 2018 was actually good. And mm-hmm. then Halloween Kills came out. And then it was like, man, eh, you guys are kind of veering off the road here. It's kind of getting weird. And I actually watched Halloween ends. And I, uh, no. <laughs> I went, because... My favorite movie of all time is Halloween, 1978. Yeah. And I, I thought I thought the 2018 did okay with it. It didn't piss me off like Rob Zombie, Heichberg.
3: Oh, you missed your cue, man.
1: Damn it. Um, anyways. I'm new to this. Uh, <laughs> so th- too late? Is that too late? There we go. <laughs> um, so anyways, they're rebooting Spawn. Uh, Jamie Foxx is actually attached to play the title character of Spawn, which, you know, I'm okay with. I hope he's doing okay, because, you know, he was having a yeah. rough go of it a couple months
0: ago. Yeah, there's no um, information really about it. I
3: still right. don't
0: know. You what?
3: I still don't know exactly what happened. I just know he was hospitalized. I feel like
0: he had a stroke or something, and they don't want to say it. That's mm-hmm. what they were saying, yeah.
1: It might have been a stroke or something, they were just trying to keep it under wraps. Um, it's supposed to come out in 2025, and no director is attached to it, so.
0: Okay. So still- I'm open-minded, because I have heard McFarland speak about it directly, and, like, there's plenty of stuff. There, like uh, source material to pull from. As far as the Spawn comics, if you've ever seen the Spawn animated series on HBO, it was fucking badass. It had. Yeah. Uh, but um, how
1: long ago was that? I mean, it, it came out shortly after the movie. Came oh, yeah, out, it right? In the 90s. yeah, it was a long Late nineties.
0: Yeah, it was a good telling of the Spawn story, though. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah um, I guess I'm I'm I I'll
1: take. I'll, I guess I'll take back what I said. Is like I'm not going to shit on Blumhouse right now. Uh, I was just really irritated by the the whole trilogy of Halloween.
0: So. No, I get that. I, and they've never really made a film like this, like Spawn, right? So like because it it's it's horror, but it's also superhero-ish, a little bit comic booky, whatever. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what it's like Darkman,
1: it. like the movie Darkman. I love that
0: movie. Yeah, Dark Man was yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Uh official trailer. We we talked about the teaser, but the official trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's just came out this past week, uh or last week. What do you guys thought by thinking about it? Uh Todd?
2: I mean, really, how can any movie that has PETA uh, in it, you know, not 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 be bad? I mean, really, you know, the minute you see that, think to yourself, okay, you know, we've got an, a recognizable actor. I think the visuals kind of have that evil Willy Wonka feel to it. The colors that came out of the trailer, that kind of jumped out to me. My son is big time into the uh Five Nights at Freddy VR game. So it's kind of something that's near and dear to my heart right now. Sure. Uh, so even if they are able to capture a smidge of it, you know, I, th- I think it could be decent. Mm-hmm.
1: Jacqueline, you saw it, right?
3: Yeah. Um, so I'm not familiar with this property to begin with. I'm not a gamer. Um, I'm just not really familiar with it. I had seen the, the teaser some time back, a few weeks, I think, and it, it looks fine. Um, watching the full trailer. Um, for this week, like, I I don't feel like I have a good grasp on the tone. So for, by that, I mean, like, it looks pretty silly. Like it, it's kind of a ridiculous premise. What I can't figure out though, is whether the movie is like self-aware about that or whether it's trying to be like super earnest and serious about it, in which case it would be absurd. So yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't yeah, know. how that will, That'll dictate a lot. How the, how the movie plays out based yeah. on that. It, yeah. like, it's yeah, they be-
3: didn't give
1: a rating to this movie, but uh, it's assumed that it's going to be PG-13, just mm-hmm. like those kids that did play it back in the day. Because I, I guess this is like a 10-year-old like thing, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's has been around for, yeah, least, it has. well, maybe five, 10 years. So they're going to try to appeal to that teenage crowd that was playing it when they're eight years old and getting freaked out by it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I like the way you said uh, PETA. There, Todd, because it sounded like Lois Griffin calling for her husband.
0: PETA. 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 But no, Todd, that oh, was my thought
3: too. I was like, oh, it's PETA. 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 I
0: like,
3: called okay.
0: so so it So it's a vegan we, film, what like, you're saying?
1: We
2: watched, that? what was it, Willie's Wonderland with Nick? Yes, Cage?
1: that's what. that was my thought. I, I, I was about to say I liked it better when it was called Willie's Wonderland and Nicolas yeah. Cage was in it drinking like. Freaking Jolt Cola the whole time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be more like the Rob Zombie type of movie that you would have made. <laughs> Sorry, I my <laughs> finger slipped on the button.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I mean, like my overall assessment, like I'm not excited about it per se, but I'm not like uh, against it. I just I, I feel neutral personally. God, it sounds like you're positive about it
0: yeah i'm i'm going into positive yeah Mm -hmm. now you said peter was involved so i'm assuming there there were no androids hurt during the making of this film correct
2: it's all we can hope for heidelberg
0: yeah i I don't want to live in a world where androids were harmed for the (laughs) just for the you know for our enjoyment. like that's just i don't want to be in that world our entertainment yes Jacqueline,
1: I'm on your side too. I I, I think I'm I'm not going to shit on it completely, and maybe check it out when it comes to streaming. I'm not going to run to the theater to go watch it, but I mean, no, you're like, going to
0: pick for us to review it. We all know. Come on. Well, I, I it's on the docket already. I just hold saw. on a sec. Hold on a sec. <laughs> oh no,
1: <laughs> you challenged me at the beginning of 2023 to start watching more movies. More yeah, dude, I take so it. You that's it on the docket, why. It. So my pick later this month is going to be a new movie.
0: Oh, and that's a, that. Yeah, your pick later this month is a heavy one.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet.
0: No, I don't think any of us have. No, maybe Todd.
3: No, I haven't seen it yet either. Well, I
0: can
3: say that without telling Todd what it is. Are we going to say what it is?
0: It's Bo is Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you saw it? Yeah. Yeah. I maybe said... I'm going to
1: change my pick then. The, the way he shook his head, I'm... <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I should pick something
0: else. No, no. Maybe, <sighs> Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll, it's I'll, a heavy yeah. film, from what I know. There's just a lot to unpack. A lot of. I,
3: Ari Aster. A lot so. of
0: things. I do too, but I've heard like less well, star vibes from this movie. I, I want you both to
2: take that comment you just made, and I want you to hold on to it tight because we, I liked him going into the movie. Uh
3: oh, past tense.
2: <laughs> it, it's. I will say no more. I will. He Go took ahead. you to a place you didn't want to be. Ugh. <laughs>
1: I, I can't even ex- I can't explain. Maybe Ari's going to be our next Rob Zombie.
0: Oh no! Damn. Oh, in he a world imagine again. that, damn it! Ari Aster, Aster is fucking Rob Zombie equivalent. On the cut S- above. No. Speaking <laughs>
1: speaking of Ari Aster, have you guys seen that? Uh, there's something strange about the Johnsons. Yeah, I did. I watched sure- it a
0: while back when we. Have you guys about it. seen it? All seen it? It's yeah. so disturbing. I-
3: I- I
1: that's fucked up
3: one, <laughs> coverage of it and it made me not one
1: so I'm, I'm skip it it's uh yeah it, it's kind of a tough watch but it's kind of like
0: there's there's some great shorts on youtube as far as those like 20 minute like time time frame type things like the chair i watched yeah. recently which was pretty interesting
1: actually the lights out that's that's where lights yeah, out is and from. it's
0: better yeah. as a short than it was as a full movie well, Once,
1: S- smile was based off of is Laura Can't Sleep or something yeah. like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there that's was another one YouTube I saw. There. I wrote it down.
1: <laughs> oh, the facts in the case of Mister Hollow.
0: Hmm, that's a good title. That's an Invisible t- Man uh, film, right? No, oh. no,
1: it's actually it's a seven-minute video, and it's just like uh, it's almost like you're a detective, and it's shot in like um, what what's Panoramic. kind of the orangish. Nah, well, it's like a picture, but it's like.
0: Shot in sepia and it's mm. like wow, okay. kind of
1: zoom in and out of this picture, gotcha. but it's also moving at the same time.
0: As if it's part of his like his notes. He's an investigator. Yeah, it, it's fucking it, it's That's actually cool. creepy as shit. That
1: sounds cool. Yeah. Check that out.
3: Maybe you guys yeah. should post socials.
1: Fuck yeah. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, I'd do that.
3: All right. Well, you guys ready to get into some devil's rejects?
1: Yeah, Jacqueline. By the way, you picked this movie. So why in the hell did you make us watch a ready, Hydra Rob Zombie movie.
3: Um, good timing. Why did I pick this film? I yeah. this film because I unabashedly love it, and we covered House of a Thousand Corpses about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, much to the dismay of everybody else on the show mm-hmm. who not me, and and yet. I still feel like he deserves for us to cover some of his films, including what I think is probably his best film. Um, Chronologically, it was the next one after House of a Thousand Corpses. And I thought a year and a half was a reasonable amount of time before choosing another Rob Zombie film. Uh, after we did House of a Thousand Corpses, John, you made some joke about doing another one like a month later and Hyderberg almost lost his shit. So... <laughs>
1: uh, oh, so that's if- right. <laughs> I remember that. We were I to think do we did monsters. Allegoria
0: instead, so... He yeah, seemed we were like we are going to do the monsters. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, because that just seemed like the worst drivel. Of, <laughs> I, like- I still haven't watched it, but... I haven't I, watched it either.
3: I, I'm going to still, but I just haven't gotten around to it. So, uh, yeah, I like, Hyderberg was legit upset, so... <laughs> I was like we're not going to do that. Uh so yeah, I just thought, you know, we we did the first film about a year and a half ago. I think it's a reasonable choice to do the next film. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. I honestly don't know how to predict what you'll say. Todd, I feel like I can predict what you'll say. Um thankfully. <laughs> but the other two, I don't know. So I'm 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 genuinely curious. So
1: May, may I go last though with our next segment?
3: Okay, sure. Okay. Well, shall we decide whether it fucks or sucks?
1: Yes, please, Jacqueline. Sorry. (laughs) The devil's reach. All this power. I just does this movie
3: trigger suck like Otis. Um, this movie absolutely fucks. Um, but it is a dirty, dusty, nasty clown fuck in a filthy bed. (laughs) Best be prepared if.
1: This one, uh, no. So, Todd. I, no, hold on. Hydra Berg, let that out. A dirty, nasty clown fuck. <laughs> dirty, dusty. You got it. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jacqueline.
2: Todd. You- <laughs> well, Jacqueline, I think, in honor of just how, you know, there, there's a Rob Zombie synergy between us, this movie fucks like a drunken, dirty ta- trailer tramp given a $10 quickie hand job that leads to a hard clown fuck. Is it good? Is it bad? It may depend on the day, but it fucks.
3: Yes. Yes. Todd gets it. Todd gets it. Heidreberg, does it fuck or does it suck?
0: Like a dirty cold steel pistol being placed down my tidy whities. This is a flaccid fuck. Parts (laughs) of it feel good, but deep down, you know, it's just wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: pretty good. Okay. All All right. That's reasonable. John? What do you Yes.
1: Think? Um oof. uh this movie is um you see this hot lady at the e- edge of the bar and you know she's just down for anything and you're going to do it anyways cuz you're drunk and you take her back to your house and you do it she's and got a you, <laughs> you love it. No, you love it. However, you go to the clinic the next day and you've got some sort of STD. So I'm going to say this is (laughs) a regrettable fuck.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. All right. But it's that's still a fuck though.
1: It's still a fuck.
3: Wow. Everybody is on the fuck side on this one. I have seated. Yes.
1: (laughs) Victory.
0: Oh, that was that was a little teaser. It's a little bit of your victory.
3: Okay. I'll take it. Well, John, you want to go ahead and Warning, so we can get into greater detail.
1: Absolutely. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the devil's rejects from Rob Zombie from 2005. Don't do it. I'm not doing (laughs) it in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it.
3: (laughs) Hydra Berg, are you ready? I'm ready for
1: (laughs) this. I'm ready. That that was his reach around right there, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was it. That's all you get. In the immortal words of Rob Zombie, I've dug through the ditches and slagged through the ditches or whatever. I don't know. Something with stitches. <laughs> there, there was a Dragula involved. involved. <laughs> anyway.
1: With some penicillin.
0: Yeah. get you some shots after you take a ride in that Uber. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. You call an Uber and that's what comes? Is the Dragula? That would be fucking sick. That'd be rad, right? What if yeah, you're just sure. not in this, the mind state for that, though? Like, you're just trying to get to work. It's an eight minute ride. Sherry Moon's obviously the dragon Dracula's in the back a bit like much. Like, you know what I mean?
3: I'm always in that mindset. Like, dude, how- could
0: you tone it down? It's like 5 30 a.m. I'm trying to get to the office before everybody <laughs> <up> else <here. laughs>
3: Do you have a reach around or not? I do. Okay.
0: Ready? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Fireflies that shined at night have come into a sheriff's sights. No longer night, they move in light. Why bent on hell has come with enforcers? An entire precinct of police officers. Taken down the house of 1,000 corpses. So baby Otis and Cutter now on the lam. To rape and pillage these Texan lands. Against this system they take a stand. Pursued and punished by a tortured man. Whose only pursuit is getting revenge. Through a blaze of bullets and glory this film it does end. But not before Otis dismembers your friend. While forcing his wife to wear his own skin. The plot of this movie has now gotten thin. Let's see if Sherry Moon can pull it all together again. By showing some skin and make the villains from the first film now feel like they're friends. A vehicle on the road heading for death, as Sheriff Widell takes his last breath. A Rob Zombie movie that deserves some respect, or just another bloody tale of the devil's... Re- oh, nice. so good. That was great. Well
1: done. Well done. I- okay, oh. okay so, so Todd and Jacqueline, I want to ask you guys being defenders of Rob Zombie in his movies. Is he not one of the worst writers when it comes to his movies? Some of these lines were terrible. Like what? I don't know. I, I, for, <laughs> I forgot to write it down. but no, um,
0: Like anything fucking Sherry Moon says. Okay. Jack. like are going to force me to say it.
1: The,
0: anything write, she
1: says. I didn't write it down, but it was like, like Ken Forey, who's a, horror movie icon Sid Haig who's been in movies a long time RIP Sid Haig but it was almost like they said said to each other when they met up at at the Pleasure ranch or whatever it was called it was like hey otters see your taint then you see their balls ha 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 ha, high five
0: is that what they were saying because I don't even understand what that whole thing was I I didn't either that was was the dialogue
1: between the two that they they were brothers which is fine you know, hey, there's my niece, baby. And you still an asshole? No, that's well, the, the
0: finger.
3: That's hilarious. Uh.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: I just, I, I disagree. I actually think this movie has really good dialogue. I think. Oh, okay. I, I think it has
0: better dialogue.
3: I think it's, I think there's a lot of humor in it. And I also think that a lot of the dialogue is well used to build characters better than they were in the first film.
1: The problem is, is that it, it, it makes the Firefly family uh, uh, the anti-hero, which is what Rob Zombie is trying to do I don't fucking like that at movie. all, I'll be
0: honest. Well, I, I, words I words did
1: not first. either.
0: I don't want to empathize with these people at all, ever. Yeah. The movie really forces it down your throat, and I'm sorry, it just doesn't work for me. Agreed. It's one of my biggest problems with the film. Also, just off the bat, this film, I'm getting Texas Chainsaw vibes, like, from the fucking very beginning. Like this film just really wants to be Texas Chainsaw. I
1: disagree with you there only because of the fact that the way Rob Zombie shot this is it's very, it, it feels like the hot desert of, of Texas. I like the way he shot this
0: movie. See, I find a lot of it super clean and too clean. There's some Not, right not me. Some not me. There's some scenes that look overly clean, like and you can tell you got a bigger budget. with this, So I, I get yeah. it, like the cameras are better. But like there's mo- there's moments where it literally just looks like a high def camera and it looks very crisp, but he's not like focused on the, the moment. So it looks a little jittery. I don't know. For me, it's a mix of things because I do think it's a better made film at the same time. There's some moments that are a little jarring to me. There's moments in like the hotel room where it's gritty and there's like a slow-mo established in a, in a scene, which he overdoes anyway, in my opinion. There's moments that look gritty, like an old style film. And then like we get outside all of a sudden and it's bright and the, the coloring's different, but I also get it. I think, I think the brightness outside is supposed to resemble like, supposed to put us in the head of space of like, well, the fireflies have their compound, right. And they stick to their house. They do all their murders underground and in the house, and they, they move by night. Now they've been pushed out into the light, right? And they're on the road. So, like, their perspective of things are different. So, like, we get a different perspective of what they look like out on the road. So, I kind of get that. Like, that does make sense that that would probably be a choice that he's made. And why some of the scenes look, like, too clean to me. Because it's a different setting for them. It still felt greedy to what, me. What do you think so about I the guess. So,
2: <clears throat> as I was sharing with Hyderberg, you know, I've seen this movie. I couldn't even tell you how many times. Um, it, it was a go-to just, you know, to put on at any given moment there for quite a while. Um, and watching it now, it's been a while since I had watched it. The The thing that jumps out at me, and this is just going to be completely off the course here, is that Mother Firefly and the recasting um, going with Karen Black, where it started off with, what was it? Uh, Leslie Easterbrook. Yeah, I had a hard time. Leslie did mother firefly just so like, that's the character. And I just thought that Karen black had a really hard time kind of capturing that same mother firefly thing. Mm -hmm. So the movie right out of the gate for me, even the first time I saw it, I was like, "Eh, I'm not sure I like this. And the other thing that I really had a challenge with, with this movie early on was shifting gears from what a house, the house of thousand corpses was and Jacqueline, like you said, you know, a year and a half earlier, we got this buildup of this movie that was supposed to be so scary and gory and dark and rainy. And there's monsters and supernatural and urban legend and, you know, this this whole dark theme through that whole movie, which I love and love that movie. And then you like shift gears to boom. Now it's dry. And dusty in its daylight, and now we're kind of in this weird outlaw chase. And so, as much as I I love this movie, the jump between those two stories and then completely getting rid of Doctor Evil, I I I had a problem Dr. with. I, or Doctor Satan? Yeah. yeah. No. Are we are we doing Austin Powers? I can't remember throwing um,
0: one hundred I mean, laser beams <laughs> on their freaking
2: heads. <laughs> so you know that's i agree with i i think it's a a better made film but i still have challenges jumping from the first one to the second one and then god forbid you guys ever do the third one um
0: i'm gonna watch it based on the fact that i just watched it
2: that you know it's it's well i'll save that little tidbit at the end because i i did a couple things at the end of the movie, but um did, did any of you, especially you, Jacqueline, like did you did you have a problem jumping from that dark urban legend, like dark and rainy feel of a House of a Thousand Corpses, to this movie being so bright and outlaw and and dirty dusty?
3: That's a good question. I just my personal experience with with these movies. Um, I I don't have a problem going from one to the other. Because I just sort of, I take each one of them on their own terms. Um, I know that technically The Devil's Rejects is a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. But I just don't really think of them that way. I, I think that they are, it's more like they're two separate movies with some of the same characters. Um, like, in terms of story itself, there's really not much of a continuation from the really? first. because
0: Because the, the sheriff literally constantly keeps mentioning his
3: fucking dead brother okay well that yes over and over again that part of the storyline with the the like vendetta that sheriff weidel for the death of his brother that is the i think that's the main connecting thread but like you really don't have to have seen house of a thousand corpses to to get the devil's rejects like i think it definitely stands alone on its own they make enough of a reference to what happened to the previous Sheriff Weidel, you know that they're killers and there's a bunch of corpses in their house and you see people tied up as they're waking up in the morning and like scrambling to get out of there when the police arrive. That's really all you need to know story wise, I think. And so, so yes, there is that very strong connecting thread, but the rest of it is so different that I just, I kind of, I don't know why. I mean, you might be right that it's A flaw or you know, something to criticize about it that it makes this hard, like kind of turn. I think it's more of just like a stylistic choice. I that's just how I take it on his part. I feel like he just wanted to do something different, and that's okay with me. I don't know if it would have worked to continue to do this, like to do a second part to this story with the revenge tale and everything still taking place in this location. Um, I, when I com- get
0: why it doesn't location and why it goes on road too, because the location is, you know, limiting.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, and as far as the Dr. Satan thing, like because they leave the house and they yeah. get out on, I feel like Dr. Satan doesn't matter so much anymore, but I did read, and I don't know why I didn't know this before, but they did shoot some scenes involving Dr. Satan for the devil's rejects and they were cut out of the movie, but um, apparently they are on the DVD release. I've never seen that, but that they apparently are there. So, like, if that's something that you want, like, that is there. It's
0: a little jarring how the movie starts with, like, the raid. I'm like, okay, the raid's in response to, hey, he lost his brother. We don't know how long, though, like, how much time has passed. It, it didn't bother me at all. Yeah,
1: yeah, it didn't bother me at all that there was, like, a, a time jump here. No, it's I fine. Mean, I'm it, just
0: kind of trying it, to figure out, it like, felt.
1: Where- like like how some thousand corpses felt more like a fever dream what mm-hmm. like with the colors it was dark very, it was rainy i, mean,
0: I get that it's very surreal but the like it yeah. or not like there were there were officers that went out to that place that got murdered at some You're point we right. gonna come looking for them right so like right
1: i i get that you know it was just a you know a stupid police department that couldn't like do their job but the thing was is like like the feeling I got was, like, they continued to do what they were doing, that the story continued, that these people were abducting people, killing them, like, doing a point oh, yeah. thanks to they, them.
0: They have over a thousand corpses, apparently. I don't know. Even though you only see, like, several dozen in the film. Like, though. to me,
1: I, like, as much as I love Captain Spaulding in A House of a Thousand Corpses, I liked Otis more in this. I mean, yeah, I, like, I liked his Otis character the more. the most growth. And it was just like, because he was like more subdued. He had this big beard, and it was just like th- there was this great scene where he took the two dudes out to the desert, and he's like, "Well, uh, hey, do you know where a fellow like me can, uh, you know, relieve some tension?" And he's trying to, he's trying to have a conversation with them, and he, and the other guy's like, "Well, what are we doing here? What, what are you going to do to us? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find some guns that I buried, and then that's, you know, it's very just." <laughs> You know, in the House of a Thousand Corpses, the guy's like, "Well, all these, you know, this conservative right wing kind of,
0: yeah, it's know. a little zany in the first film. Yeah, it's less. So, he-
3: so. I do remember if I'm thinking back to that episode, I do remember you guys criticizing the kind of little um, interludes where Otis was ranting, and it kind of looks like a music video, and it's like, yeah, because
0: there's, of- there's this- like these, yeah, the the styling of the movie changes quickly, it's much more realistic. Yeah,
1: uh, well, and, and again, you know, the continuity is not there because like in House of a Thousand Corpses that uh, uh, Bill Mosley's eyes are like almost like,
0: well, he's like an albino where
1: he's like, like he's he shows off his blue eyes. And he's just got this old man beard and, you know, he's not as
0: I feel like he's less looking in this film. He, they, there yeah. are a couple moments where that kicks in, where it does kind of attain a scene a little bit for me. But for the most part, he's more realistic as a sadistic killer in this with, you know, yeah. issues, real, issues. Oh. we bring in the family with this one, right? We bring in the fact that Sid Haig is technically their father or at least baby's father. Baby's baby's father. father.
3: I don't, for yeah. some reason, I, there's, there's no specific mention in the dialogue, but for some reason, I just don't think he's Otis's father. He's probably
0: not, but I, it's almost as if he's raised Otis as his own. Like there's, there's a mutual respect there and a disrespect at the same time, but it's sort of the same thing where, yeah. you no, know, like they're, they, They're both cut from a similar cloth.
3: So, can I bring something up here real quick? Sure. I just want to point out something that um, Stephen from Spoils of Horror was talking about when they covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two um, a couple months ago. So, first, so I've always like I've I've been a fan of Rob Zombie's movies since I first saw House of a Thousand Corpses in the early 2000s, but I always thought of that movie as being very much an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, there's this kind of secluded house; it's a farmhouse, and kids get trapped, and da da da. But Steven said something that I think is was really brilliant when they were talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. He was like, "Actually, if you think about it, House of a Thousand Corpses is much more an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, not the first one. Agreed. It has a much more agreed feel." And he went on this whole thing. You'll have to go listen. To it. It's a one of my favorite episodes of theirs, actually, um, but he drew all these parallels between it, and I was like, "Wow, I feel so dumb all of a sudden that like I didn't think deeply enough about that comparison that I had been making all those years." Um, but he's absolutely right. It, I think it's easy to
0: make both comparisons for that. Film. Well,
3: well, so the so well, and you somebody mentioned Otis almost even looking looking like an albino. I think he looks like Chop Top.
0: Well, from... yeah, obviously he's yeah. an extension of his Chop Top character. <laughs>
3: But so I think if-
1: Oh, if- and House of Thousand Corpses? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. It's more like- His mannerisms are yeah. a lot like- Okay. Uh,
3: and so I don't remember if- yep. I don't remember if Stephen went on to take the next step and talk about The Devil's Rejects, but I would I would argue that if House of a Thousand Corpses can most aptly be compared to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, mm-hmm. I think Devil's Rejects is much more like the first one, um, at least in its look and feel and like the aesthetic of it it still has a lot more humor injected into it than the original Texas chainsaw massacre. But I think in just in terms of the aesthetic, it's, it's, it's much more comparable to
1: that. So. I agree. Ja- and Jacqueline real quick is that that shot where they're walking like, like through the dusty, like trail to go get the guns. Mm-hmm. You see that heat just kind of like, like wavering through, like, like if you would be in a really hot area of Florida or where I'm at in washington state but yeah. i mean it's just like the that heat wave or or that, that, See, know, like that shimmer vapor. yeah yeah that vapor thing and the way he shot it was so beautiful i was just like wow it looks hot out there well
0: I yeah. you like I- that scene um for the most part that scene plays out really well i like the where roy and adam like they try to take otis down yeah um, mm-hmm. but they die ultimately And like Otis, there's so that the scene plays out well, but then there's a moment where Otis just keeps fucking talking and he goes a little bit on a rant and you guys know, like I'm a fan of rants, obviously, but I think it's too, like, it's too, it takes me out of the scene. There's moments of that scene that play out perfectly to me. There's dread, there's Otis uh, taking over Roy and like Roy and Adam kind of talking back and forth to one another, like calling out to one another, I think Mm -hmm. plays out really well for me feeling like sympathy for them. Like, Oh shit. Like, they tried their best but they couldn't take him down and now he's going to kill them but then there's moments where he just kind of rants and rants a little bit that like, take me out of it too I, but then he zeroes the back too but, but like but the work i quote i thought that's really good
1: yeah i in hydeburgh i disagree i love the fact that he was trying to play nice and he like he's doing No i get that
0: tr- what you're mistaking what i'm saying <laughs> is like once the action starts once adam tries to take out otis otis goes on this right. rant where where he makes uh, roy fucking pray And it's just, it doesn't play for me. Like, Roy's not a, like, Roy's Uh, a worthless character, in my opinion, in this fucking movie. Sure. There's nothing that he really adds to the film as far as, I don't know, character. I mean, there's nothing to him. He won't even, like, I don't know. He doesn't stick up for his wife. He doesn't stick up for anybody. He doesn't stick up for himself. Right.
1: I I, I kind of agree because this is where it kind of turns of, like, you know, these guys are anti-heroes, right? So, Mm So, you know, even, even... Uh, uh Otis like looking it right into his eyes and going like I'm the devil and I do the devil's work or, or something like that and it's just like okay so he's kind of likable because he wants to get his rocks off and he's just like yeah we're gonna go get these guns and then it's over.
0: And I think there's scenes in that film and that I mean there's parts in that scene that just play out perfectly in my opinion I do think it's a really well made scene but then there's elements where it just goes over a little bit over the edge which is what these scenes tend to do for me with in Rob Zombie film because you got Otis who uh Bill's Bill Mosley is like one of the best actors in this in any of these in my opinion Mm -hmm. and he's kind of the draw and uh like he's great in this scene there's just a moment of like zaniness where he kind of goes for me just talks too much I just just
3: I respectfully disagree on that like um I I think that that little rant where Otis is like He's, I mean, he's taunting Roy, right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a common thing for, you know, if people are being victimized or they're being harmed in some way, it's not uncommon for people to start praying. It's like a thing people do. And if you're a character like Otis, who's sadistic and nihilistic and doesn't care about things like that, I think it's, it's reasonable for a character like that to absolutely mock and taunt that
0: person. They're they're. I would prey. taunt it too because Roy's like I pray for the bunnies and the like. Yeah, but, bro,
1: Jacqueline, um, and that's where I agree with Heidelberg Is like his it's prayer too, w- was really silly. It was the just dialogue
0: like, shitty here. Like it just it took am me. Am I, I supposed to
1: laugh at this the scene? I mean, is well is this done the
0: humor, but there I are moments of it where I would have cut it out. Where I feel like it went over an edge. Where I felt like him taunting them, taking them out, possibly getting hit by Adam, and then like you thought for a moment the tables are going to turn, and then they don't. Then he beats up Roy and like, and skins fucking Adam. That would have worked out perfectly. And then like, he says that like, I am the devil's, you know, I do the devil's bidding of work. Like that would have worked out. But there were moments where he kind of went on this little rant where it just felt like overplayed. And there's moments in every scene where that happened. And those that's my problem with Rob Zombies.
3: Are you specifically,
0: for, for example... Uh, Are you just going to play that? I start. Talking. I don't know what happened. Stop me up. I mentioned the guy's name. He came on. I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> recording. I, did, I I
1: did like the scene where he, he's sniffing his gun. He's like, "Yeah, I still smell your wife up on this gun. Yeah. I hope it doesn't rust out the barrel." <laughs> no, I, I dig
0: that. And that that and made I, me laugh. The fact that that scene plays after him sexually assaulting the wife with the, oh, the yeah. barrel. like that scene plays out like effectively. It's 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 tough to watch and i dig that oh totally i dig the killing of um what's his name real real quick the uh the roadie the big guy yeah just as an just just to make an example of him you know i I think that plays out well it's supposed to kind of shock the audience as well as the band um the other bandmates and it does that effectively i just think like we get that moment where we meet roy and roy meets baby and then like he makes Baby repeat her dialogue, which is so bad. And then we got to hear her repeat it again because the characters telling it are like, what did you do? Oh, OK. Know. just like that character is so worthless to me. It just doesn't fit.
2: So, okay. Hydra Bird, ahead, first first of all, it, it, it's a cautionary tale when you're out on the open road and you're yeah, getting ice. For the OK, you're, you're getting ice and you have Baby Firefly come around the corner and look at you and say, I bet all the girls want to fuck you. Of course you're gonna say. Can you say that again? <laughs> and then what else does she say? Um, that ain't. Oh, you kiss your I mom with really that my mouth. mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. the only yeah. thing I do with my mouth. And he tells so, her to say it again. <laughs> so it, it's like part of me thinks, and again, you know, you try. You, I try very hard not to compare the first two movies, but like you know, you pointed out, Hyderberg, that one of the things that annoyed you in the first movie was kind of those zany video clips, you know, Mm -hmm. where where you saw whether it be baby dancing or Otis, you know, being like really psychotic. And so this movie doesn't have that. But I think there's moments like when they establish how demented they are in the hotel room, like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like getting that you know getting that point across like this is still the demented people that that we know those of us who saw the first movie but um when they're out in 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 uh with the two guys and he's doing that whole thing it's almost like that's taking and expanding like one of those little cutaways and showing that you know is he's kind of there but he's kind of not there at the same time, you know. Um, and then it's almost like, yeah, you know, he he's on the verge of like truly wanting to massacre. Like, is what that feeling I get out of that?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the way he tells him, and at the end, like, there is nothing after. He basically, yeah. I,
1: I'm gonna him. agree with Hyderberg as far as the way that the lines were delivered to, yeah. to 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 what's his name, and it was just like, oh that's kind of cringy, but. Like like when Brian Posehn whatever his name was and he came back with the beef jerky, the way she lured him in was fantastic. Yeah,
0: that was cool. And then
1: when the guys were gone and she's like, um, like she's just sitting there watching the TV and the girl, uh, the the mom's like humming the song. She mm-hmm. goes, "Will you shut the fuck up?" And it was like, you know, that was great. And then it's like, I have to pee. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, she has to pee. I heard you the first time. What are you going to do for me? I thought that was a great scene. I know? love it. It, it. Yeah, so did I. And it, it was just like I want you to slap her. So, so like I think the scene tap. in the
0: hotel there was was pretty cool. Uh there's some writing and intensity. But I I don't know, it's just maybe it's just me, but dude, any scene where she's in Cherry Moon, it just there, there's no nuance to the No, performance. there's not. But like but, there could there like, could have been a killer in that room that played on those victims better than the way she No, did. I and it just not play well for me. I don't like I, her I thought
1: I thought some of her delivery was Sherry Moon zombie, but there were some scenes like, like she did this line and I talked to Anya about it, like horror more with Anya Gore, by the way. We talked about this Rob Zombie movie, and she brought up the point of um there was this whole like 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 kerfuffle in there. It, like the girl went into the bathroom, she was trying to get out, and then the the mom character grabbed the gun and she was she was like aiming it at her and like like sherry moon was like um uh, what did i ever do to you i didn't do anything to you it was my brother and then threw the knife into her chest and it was like like
0: after she pulls her ass out though
1: yeah exactly and she's like shoot me shoot me there was no bull there were no bullets in that gun it's all in the mind and i was like it was kind of brilliant i think think it's great
3: so can i can i say something about baby yes I actually love Baby as a character, and I really like Sherry Moon Zombie's portrayal of Baby, particularly in this movie, um, for a lot of reasons. One, I I like just the existence of this character because I think it's so rare to see, first of all, a female villain, second of all, a female like psychotic murderer, much less one who is incredibly deranged, like to the same level as the other male killers in the movie like she's not any gentler than the others Mm -hmm. but i think what takes it even to the next level so first of all that i just want to acknowledge like how rare that is um and how much i like having that in a movie there's just not that that many great like female villains and i love that she is not like treated by the filmmaker as like any more like delicate or like having more heart really than the male killers in the movie. Like, I just, I really like that. And I appreciate it. What?
0: No. The filmmaker. I'm saying you
3: mean the husband. Well, yeah, but but regardless of the fact that they're married, it's like her, yes, her husband like wrote the part and wrote the movie, but that's like, he made the decisions on how this character is like handled and treated in the,
1: within the story. Um, well, she never feels vulnerable until the end. You know, it's like, and all three of them feel vulnerable right. at the end.
3: But she's not any more vulnerable than the rest of them up until that point. Um,
1: that's that's and, my point.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I, I like that. The other thing is, I think it's really useful to have a female killer who is as gorgeous as she is, and the like the choices made for her character are. I think they're so cool because. She can present herself as being like very innocent and vulnerable, even though we know that she's not. So for example, the moment when um, she and Otis have to steal a car and she just like lies down in the road and to get somebody to
0: I like that like, title sequence too.
3: Yeah. Like not I, I don't think that would be as effective with a man. I think if somebody's driving along and they see a man lying in the road, they're no, gonna yeah, want yeah, to. They're gonna want to stop to help, but they might stop and make a phone call or maybe just make a phone call from the car, although this was the 70s, so you can do that. But like I don't know if it would be so such a guarantee that somebody would stop and get out of the car and approach this person and like lean over to see. But if it's a young woman lying in the road, that's better like bait, you know? Mm -hmm. And on the and on the flip side of that, she can also present herself as being incredibly sexually alluring. And that's how she lures. Mm -hmm in it's how she gets jimmy or whatever his name is into that room when he's like oh i must have the wrong room she's like no you have the right and she says it kind of flirtatiously he's like oh i gotta get in there you know
1: that was Uh, a great line from her by the way yeah i I mean the way she lured him is like no you got the right room come on in he's like okay
3: (laughs) and i I just basically great. i love him every time i see him
0: Um, i should have really supported him a little bit that's what i got from that (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> so, Kendra, you were complaining about Carrie's delivery. I, I, first of all, I just think that she, I think she's a playful character. I think she has like a little girl vibe about her, which, which, to be honest, graded on me in House of a Thousand Corpses. I did think it was grading, but I think she toned it down in this movie to where I just you had it.
0: I mean, that's not going to get things done on the road. That, you know, <laughs> that
1: fucking laugh.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: that laugh yeah. in House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh.
0: Well, that's sure. what you hear it. You hear it in moments like that in this movie where she gets, you know, maniacal, which I do. I do appreciate that. But I think
3: it's like sort of a charming thing about her character that uh, when one of them wants to go to the bathroom, she's like, OK, what are you going to do for me? It's like a little game to her. And then mm-hmm. um, she lets the, the first one go to the bathroom. And then she looks at the second one and is like, what do you want to do now? I mean, she sounds like she's. at a <laughs> Yeah, I think that's adorable. So I think yeah, I like, like the
0: scene. I'm not I'm not I'm not thrilled by her delivery in it. I think the scene itself though is really well, well done.
3: I I like her delivery, but I, I think it, it just um reveals that like playfulness in her character that like you know as long as you're not pissing her off, she can be kind of sweet like and like a you know kind of a psychotic but cute way. I don't There's know. a moment
0: I don't- in the beginning where like she's there the house is getting shot up and she's next to her mom mm-hmm. and they're like gearing up for like possibly the final showdown of, and just like her delivery is so cardboard to me. It just doesn't, there's no emotion between her and her mother. And then like the scene where there's bullets going through the the walls and there's no reaction from her as an, Mm -hmm. like she just hasn't as an actress, she doesn't know how to play the scene. Even when she moves back and forth out of a car into a building, there's this, like I'm on a movie set and I'm pretending to be in here in real life. Sort of vibe for me that I pick it up.
1: I and Jacqueline, I uh, I liked her in the hotel scene because she is playing night. It's like, yeah, go ahead and go to the bathroom. Like she's not even thinking about there's a window there, and it's just like you know this whole thing kind of implodes on her. But then the girl runs out and runs into said, "Hey, Captain Spaulding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why why would you run directly to a guy who looks like a clown at that? And that's oh, it. Oh, I don't. I, I, I don't get this girl I- is. Right. I she's understand cruel. that. So, what you run into the arms of a clown? No, but she's trying to find There's something. There's moment which she looks directly at him and like decides to go towards him further. Right.
3: Well, she's got a mask on first of all. No, she doesn't.
0: Know. She doesn't have that no, mask not, until not later on this part. And then she doesn't take that mask off either. For a oh, fuck, yeah. half a mile before she walks in front of a truck, which I have a problem with. <laughs> Why would you keep wearing the mask of your dead husband? That was a, a great fuck, scene, for like, though. For twelve more steps until you get. It, yeah, it plays out well, but she should have took the mask off first. That should have been the first thing a person would have done with taking that. She had her hands free. She would have taken that mask off. I it's know, her but dead husband's face. But I'm then we sorry. wouldn't have. <laughs> what do you say?
3: But then we wouldn't have the roadkill scene. So. I know,
0: but it just doesn't play out as like it takes me out of it that she's going <laughs> to run into the road you know, Oh my God. Like, I don't know where I am.
3: I know. I, I,
0: she could have still done that with the mask off. Like she could have took the mask off and still run around had blood in her eyes and run around.
3: Yeah. I, I I see your point. I can't argue with that. You're so here's my thing.
0: I like, I like the hotel scenes. I like the hotel scenes. I like going to get the guns. I think we spend too much time here though. This is a road movie or it's supposed to be a road movie, but when you actually break it down, they don't go anywhere. They go nowhere. We get scenes at the end of the movie showing them on the open highway with like cool fucking expanses and shit. That's the movie I want from this movie. That is not the movie we get here though. They go like two towns over. It feels like they went further. And then most of the movie focuses so much on their home still, for some reason, The the, the Wydell is constantly at their house, like twice doing his investigation. Meanwhile, he should be on the road chasing them already at this moment. And I feel like, they, they go further and it feels like, oh, like Natural one Kill. It's like they went miles and miles and miles. And I get that Texas is a big state. So like you can go far, but still catch up. But like when I think about it, because the movie doesn't do a good job of showing me exactly what like the location of everything is. It feels like they went just two towns over to Charlie's house and then the sheriff showed up there and dragged them back home. And it,
3: yeah, I get your point. But it's like even in a road mo- movie, you have to stop sometimes. No, so and I things- get
0: the stoppage. That's I just the, think they you know, spent too the, much time with the hotel scene.
3: Well, but then they go to Charlie's and that's like, they have to drive for a and while that plays
0: and quickly. That's an homage. There's like an homage like type scene montage of just them chilling and relaxing and getting whores and stuff where I feel like we could have spent like, I like the hotel scene. If we could have got more scenes like that, where they went into a gas station and bumped into somebody at the gas station. And then like, I want to see more open road and I want to see the fireflies on the open road. Like, because that's the movie that this kind of seems like it's going to be. And it ends up, for me, not being that. Well,
2: because kind of, the thing that jumps out to me is you, you've got the three spots, right? You've got their home base. They get run out of there. They go to the hotel. They wait for Sid to show up. Then they head over to uh, Charlie's Charlie. Frontier yeah. Fun Town, where there's a thousand that have been served. They've got Dude, that West
0: place. Right? Yeah, a thousand. So they have a thousand. Yeah, dollars. thousands. House Sa- Wars. Thousands
2: served. But to your point, like, I kept wondering, because when, when, uh, when they call Captain Spaulding, it's like, you know, you know where to meet, right? So they know that they're meeting at this motel. But what was their real game plan? Like, assuming that they're not driving into, you know, what they end up driving into, it's like, what was their master plan to go to the motel and just hunker down there? You know, was it to actually get to Funtown and stay there? Like, what was that kind of longer term plan for them trying to get out of it? Like, or did they have any desire to get out? Are they just hanging out until things started closing in and they were going to have their, you know, their, uh, their firefight? Like, that's where it
0: seemed like they were going to go back to the house at some point. Like, they were just clearing out the house for a little little while. And I kind of understood that. Like, Well, maybe the house was a central focus because, like, Dr. Satan's, like, chambers are down there his dungeon mm-hmm. and they don't want anybody to find that or whatever but then well, they know that anyway. and they and they know that they've left tiny behind right so i mean you know well, we they see think tiny has
2: gone but, but so we see him true woods, we see yeah. him in the very beginning but like nobody knows you know where he's gone until mm-hmm. the very
3: end
0: <laughs> yeah and then he shows up in the end and saves the day
2: and then the, what does he do does he does he walk into
0: the house to die He walks yeah. into the house as it's burning yeah even though they say you know the-
3: I don't understand that part, actually, because Otis says, are you sure about this? And Tiny nods. And he's like, "Okay, we'll come back for you. Yeah. A, why don't they take him him with them now? And B, why would they come back for him if he's walking into a burning house? Like,
0: I don't get it. Because they can't seem to leave this house. They are rubber banded back to it constantly. The film goes back to it several times.
3: By saying we'll come back for you, that makes me think... Back and pick him up and take him somewhere else. That doesn't make me think um, we're going to come back.
0: today with you. Yeah,
2: that stood out.
0: That's so I do, a, there, I do have a plus in this film that I noticed right off the bat. I, I thought Rob Zombie's like needle drops were were really good. The oh, music yeah. I thought fit well uh, and it fit a lot of the scenes. And I thought mostly there's a killer soundtrack here.
1: I that I yeah I agree with that 100. percent I mean I thought like this <laughs> the soundtrack was like perfect for this movie.
0: Well, you know, mean, he got a bigger budget, and he got like more people signed on. They're like, "Yeah, I'll lend you my song," like, and he could yeah. pick a little bit better. And I thought it worked really well for the scenes. I agreed. Uh, one scene I could have done with that. Um, maybe the doctor ordered it. I don't know, but uh, I didn't need to see hag's uh balls. I didn't need to see the captain's falling sex scene.
1: <laughs> oh, during the dream, dream. sequence, <laughs> <and> Harry
0: balls. <laughs> I know it's a dream
2: sequence, but fuck. Uh, thought uh, you were. Did you like the black teeth?
0: Like, would you? Well, that's a given. Focus so on I like that character. just didn't. <laughs> the, the camera literally does focus on the balls. From him.
3: I was more focused on uh, being able to smell through my TV what those beds. <laughs> oh Jesus!
0: Yeah,
2: man, those, those sheets. <laughs> the yeah, underwear that he gets up and he's wearing that are. Oh,
0: yeah, but you know, how... <laughs> it's an easy way to tell. You got you got brown in the back and yellow in the front. That's how you tell. <laughs> How they fit, and then you're good to go. In case you got to throw go them on real quick. Well, <laughs> Sid,
1: Sid, like- Sid ha- yeah, Sid Haig's a big dude, and like like the interaction that he has with his actual girlfriend after the dream. Yeah, I, like I, the actual- I think the dream sequence is fine, but then yeah. it it was like it showed Captain Spaulding as vulnerable, like like yeah, this- it did
0: because he's like, all right, I'm banging this chick who I'm not really into, <laughs> but she's my wife. Well, next
1: time you're gonna have to pay me.
0: Big black yeah. teeth. Ah. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> yeah. I
1: think that scene,
3: um, first of all, contributes to like illustrating just the grossness and filthiness of like the whole movie and like the tone that Rob Zombie wants to strike. Um, but also, I think it's interesting that he's kind of having a stress dream. You know, I feel like yeah. this is his version of. The nightmares that probably we all have about like oh you're in high school again and you have a final that you didn't study for and, and you're not going to graduate or something and like I think most of us have some form of a dream where you're unprepared for something or the worst possible outcome happens or whatever and then you wake up and you're like ah. but for him it's like given the life that he leads his stress dream is mm-hmm. somebody
1: finally taking him out
0: yeah, and he's it's getting so the cool. call of like we've been found out like we need to yeah. run you know,
1: well, yeah. well, he's at his most vulnerable too, because he's like butt naked, and like this woman just points a revolver at his head. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and he just came, and that's when, a, well, that's when a guy's the most born, yeah. right after we come, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: and we're naked. Yeah.
3: So I, I think it's actually really interesting to include that dream sequence there. That even a hardened criminal and a hardened badass like Captain Spaulding has stress dreams and on some level like recognizes his own vulnerability
0: i didn't need to see his
3: balls
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right so trash bag and balls are like the big thing or Sid hagg balls Uh, so Um, i
0: got another thing if you guys want to talk about it real quick i gotta say uh, as far as the vans we've covered on on feet we featured on a cut above this one that the band travels in is not all that nice i'm sorry it's definitely not on the it's on the lower spectrum of the cool van chart. Hydra It's
1: it's a nineteen seventies band that's trying to get any. It's just days, not nice. That's bro. Fine. It doesn't hold the uh, oh, to whatever. the intercessors <laughs>
0: from Rock and Roll Nightmare or Rick's from Prom Night. Uh Slicks. i Slicks. Slick. It's just bottom of the barrel van. Let's oh, just leave what? it at that. I'm sorry. It's just it's just not Uh-oh. doing it. It's not dragging me through the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh it's
1: not their dragon. Yeah, it's I get not a that. Vanula. I get that. It's that's definitely
0: not a vanula, no. that's for sure.
3: Vanula. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just I saw a van, it's been my thing. I gotta go off on it now. Every time there's a van in the movie, I need, I need to go off.
3: I agree with you. It is not an impressive it needs to be,
0: yeah, it needs to be scored on a scale now of like awesome vans to just like the uni oh, God. The cinematic uni um, Where does it
2: fall in the vanometer?
0: Yeah, the, the vanometer. The Vano leader, I just don't, I don't know. It's pretty low, man. Like, it looks like it happened at one time, but it's a shot.
1: I thought the color was fine and the fact that they had their logo on the side.
0: Yeah, it just didn't do it was fine I mean, It just didn't get me excited like those. <laughs> uh, you know what didn't get me excited either was Gloria's Death, which I thought was played very well. We, we were t- we spoke about the hotel scene, and I just think, uh Is there that the of it that well, I yeah. thought like there was CGI blood when she gets stabbed and pulls. Mm-hmm. The- yeah. Yeah, It looked kind of awful, but you know, it's fine. I just think there were moments in this film that they go really cool with the gore as far as physicality, yeah. you know, they they stay with the physical, and then there's moments of CGI that's weird, it's a weird choice.
3: I have <clears> trivia <throat> about that if you'd be
0: interested. Okay. But uh, I wait, was, hold on,
1: can I say acting. that that yeah, it felt like a lot of CGI blood in this
3: towards the I end? Have, yeah, I have information about that.
1: All right, go ahead, Jack. You want it now? Yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, drop oh, it in.
3: yeah, yeah, so. Any time where a wound happened to like bare skin, they had to. Use. So Rob Zombie wanted to do all practical gore effects. He wanted to. He wanted to do all of the effects the same way that they would have been done in the seventies, like with no greater technology or whatever. Um, right. But it turned out that that was too expensive and time consuming for their tight like time frame and budget and so anytime that there was like an injury to bare skin they had to use cgi for that you Do it
0: with all the bullet holes in the end which yeah
3: but, so but, if it, but if it was a wound that that was like covered by clothing like a gunshot wound through a shirt or something then that was practical um so i guess i guess it's easier to do that like easier to kind of camouflage that or whatever if there's clothing but yeah, if there's bare skin, they had to CGI it. So he wanted to do it all practical, but could
1: Well, it looked like he did a practical effect when that one dude got shot in the neck. And yeah, like yeah. he's holding, like when he fell to the ground, like Adam, the shot yeah. looked like CGI. But when he fell to the ground, I mean, there was this yeah. blood dripping all over yeah, him.
3: That's yeah, that's yeah. accurate. That's yeah. accurate. But and the, the wound itself right was CGI, the
0: gunshot. And like, so- that's what I was surprised because there's moments where the physicality, the the real blood looks awesome
3: great yeah it's
0: like sort of like well why why like give me some over exaggerated blood spurts if you have to i don't care like give me that give me that exploitation grindhouse sort of vibe i would have loved that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so
3: i'd be curious to see how he would have done if he were able to do it all practically i have faith in him and his and wayne toth and whoever else was working on absolutely
0: i think it would have been awesome
3: they could have done it great if they had just had the time the budget
0: but at least cool to hear that that was his vision originally yeah like he didn't really want to go this way
3: like say what you want about Rob, Rob Zombie, but I think he is kind of like a purist when it comes yeah, to, like wanting to do things in a way that looks right and looks cool. Like he's not a guy that I would ever accuse of just like running to CGI willy nilly because it because he it's easier. Sure. And he, I think I feel like he's a purist at heart.
1: So, um, well, well, we I think I think we've always said about Rob Zombie is he loves horror movies and yeah. he is like he, he's like a student of the game and he loves that kind of stuff, which is why. As much as I disliked his Halloween movies, he has reverence for Halloween, you know, because yeah. he loves it.
3: Yeah. You and can, if you've you seen tell.
2: if you've seen him live too, you know, even for his rock show, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. all of the practical effects and stuff. I mean, there's no doubt he's very
1: passionate about it. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I you know, and I love Rob Zombie's music. I'm just not a big fan of his movies. I get it. it. it, it it's just kind of like you know. Uh, uh, god, yeah, I've seen White Zombie and I've seen Rob Zombie in concert (laughs) probably three times. I saw White Zombie twice, I saw Rob Zombie once by himself, like with John Five and his own band. So,
3: well, I, uh... by the way,
1: I I had a crush on the bass player Sean Yultz,
0: of course. How could you not? (laughs) He was very hot, and I used to always, for the longest time, I thought that's who he married oh like i was like oh that's who he married and then i realized no this isn't the same chick
1: she does kind of look like like the earlier days she does kind of look like yeah. sherry mm-hmm. yeah. the, the
0: white blonde hair platinum oh bond. she had green hair uh, and greenish green hair yeah, hair. yeah.
1: speaking of
3: blonde, can i just say how much i love that the actress playing gloria was terry from three's company like of all the things
1: <laughs> no shit Is that who she was
3: yeah, so it was so. Of course, Suzanne Summers was the original like cast yeah. on on Three's Company, but when she left the show, you know, they had to bring on another like cute blonde character, and it was Priscilla Barnes. So that's and that's her. Nice. So, love that.
0: I thought she did well as Gloria too. I felt more connected to her and Wendy than I did Adam and Roy. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, I, I do, do like. like I didn't feel connected I do, to Roy at all. I do like Leslie Easterbrook uh, better as Mama Fly. Mother Firefly.
0: Then no. Karen Barnes. So Todd, you were Karen Barnes was uh, Burns was what? in the first one. Yes,
1: yeah. Karen no Karen Black.
0: His, yeah. uh, Leslie
3: Easterbrook was Devil's Rejects. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, she's all right. Uh I thought it was, I don't know, when the cop kills her. I'm not I'm not hundred percent with his turn as far as have going. you guys
1: seen have you guys seen Police Academy? Yeah, Leslie Easterbrook played the like the Butch, like Lieutenant, yep. like the hard hard ass. Yep. I damn, I always had a crush on her when I was so. Wait, she was the
0: she was the blonde. Yeah. With the huge rack.
1: <laughs> she still has a huge rack.
0: <laughs> no, we we're talking about the large blonde with the Magnum. Yes. We've to be really interesting. Yeah. My nether the region, bodacious we're going. tatas.
1: Oh,
3: you're we're not dead. calling them yavos. <laughs> the on your watch, My tatas. Oh
0: yeah uh so that scene pretty good overall i i think a lot like i do think there's a lot of improvement in this film based on the last film i think a lot of the last film i i said it before in the first film i think it was all just shock value uh for the most part it was like hey look at me bro i can direct the movie and i love uh texas chainsaw and he i don't think he's knocking it it,
1: though he's He's actually paying no this one
0: does the same thing but it does it better like jacqueline said earlier on there is more character development there's more arc to some of the characters in this uh they go places they come out of their comfort zone um they do an investigation on groucho marx uh (laughs) what was that all about what what is that entire section of this movie about
1: that was a stupid ass scene It's like a
0: noir fucking moment where he does the investigation and this is the time spent that you're doing instead of chasing these people across texas you are staying home and and investigating groucho marks well i think that's
3: useful if it actually led to anything like if if it actually allowed him to make connections that helped him track them down Although he did end up with that list, and then those two thugs did like use yeah, yeah. that track down uh, Charlie's place, and oh, they'll they'll probably go there and they're good friends. It or whatever. just
0: felt so weird, though. Such a weird tangent. And then they they brought in like the Jew, like Groucho Marx lover. Uh, mm-hmm. was, yeah, like, it was, was
1: like a like Rex Reed type historian. type yeah. character,
0: which was like, like it, it was. Elvis, it, and there was like a moment yeah, him. the whole
1: dialogue was stupid. It was like you know. Fuck Groucho Marx! You ever talk shit about Elvis Aaron Presley? I will kick your
0: ass. It's such a weird tangent, to be honest. I think
3: it was. I think it was like kind of a. I think it was kind of a meaningless scene, mainly designed to like show off, like to really drive it home that these are what Texans characters. fight over. I don't know if it's supposed to be like irony. that like, oh, these terrible killers are named after Marx Brothers characters. I. I don't know it's I, I think that's cooler if like you just let it be and people either know or they don't know but I I agree that we didn't need a whole scene about it I did get a chuckle though because I think that the film critic like the film critic kind of reminded me of people like us or at least me <laughs> like <"Wow, laughs> wait, did you I know it know was
0: good
1: I, I thought, black when like, the ta- trilogy of terror thought... and the burning and like like i mean no i i yeah i thought that i thought the, <laughs> the film critic sucked he was just like Ugh. he was so crazy okay, but just... the
0: scene itself is what took me yeah
1: i think it was I mean, that it was kind of a waste the of... deputy walks in with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich just like glad you showed up i <laughs> uh, i need something my, when my blood sugar gets low i gotta <laughs> eat something
0: so I put it in my notes. I put it in my actual overall review, but I can mention it here. I, I was very surprised that Officer Ray Dobson, uh, played by Dave Sheridan because he played goofy oh, in the Goofy
1: and Scary movie. Yeah,
0: Goofy. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were gonna go that route with his character, and they don't. He's actually like somewhat formidable. Like he figures out something in the investigation, he finds a Captain Spaulding picture in the scrapbook and the the connection to Groucho Marks, like he survives like the shootout. He like ends up in the end, like he survives past. Um, He's the guy Wiedel. that sets up
1: the, the barricade. And yeah. And sets, I was just so
0: sets, surprised that his yeah. character who I first, when I first saw him, like, this is the obvious red shirt. He's a peon. He's going to die right away. And he doesn't. And I was kind of surprised by that. And so mm. like, I do appreciate the writing for kind of swerving.
3: What do you guys think overall about the focus in this movie on Sheriff Wydell and his quest to avenge his brother and the turn of his character and sort of going rogue and moving away from like the ethical standard operating procedure of a sheriff.
1: I kind of loved it. Me personally. I kind of love the fact that he's like, he's towing that line. I mean, that was actually a nice through line throughout the movie. And he hires like some mercenaries, like what they call them.
0: Yeah. I kind of like that.
1: The devils too, or whatever Uh, they call them. Fucking Danny Trejo being in this
0: movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Danny Trejo. And then we got Devin Dallas Page, who looks like he looks like to- Toxic Avenger from last week's episode. He kind of <laughs> does. He, he kind of really bad. He looks really bad.
1: But he's a wrestler and he's just like he, he puts some makeup on and look.
0: But I dig it. I, I do dig that like they're hired by this guy. So this this sheriff's willing to go through outside means um, these motorcycle henchmen. And um, like I dig Forsythe's character. I like him. You know? I dude him. William Forsythe. motivations like I'm not I'm sorry but like the haunted brother turned bad cop just it just doesn't land for me I like I don't mind the sheriff having it turned but like I just didn't love seeing him his like I didn't love seeing the brother show up right mm. talk to him like there were moments where I feel like we could have had this thread but we could have built up towards it a little bit I don't know I disagree
1: I I thought his character was like awesome like when he saw his brother that's when like the turn happened I thought that was great
0: so yeah I do get that and that's where he's willing to go off the deep end like that's where his mother under like you know she's under police uh, protection she's under the the camera and he kills her anyway
1: well, you saw you saw uh, uh the the other character that played White L from uh House of a Thousand Corpses. The guy has like since passed away, but like you saw him in this, and he's like, kill these motherfuckers. And it was he just like
0: Otis and Henry Portrait of Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Which is a homage, you know, in this movie, the Otis character is an homage to that character. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. But I loved it.
1: I love that turn. It was just like, I'm telling the line here. It's like oh you're doing this kill these motherfuckers and I, I thought that was great i thought that scene was awesome
3: i liked it and too he I th- woke up from the oh, dream i think it's kind of a rob zombie hallmark to have like dream sequences and um give a sense of the surreal to the story right. you know this story is played much more realistically than some of his other films but um i still think that's like kind of a an added rob zombie touch personally
1: I don't know if it was. I, I just thought it was just more <laughs> of like 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 kind of pushing the character into a, a darker character arc.
0: Yeah, like, that's Rob Zombie's thing, right? Isn't it? Like pushing the but a little bit. The
1: way the way this was done was nice because then he meets up with um Charlie and it's just like, Hey Charlie, come talk to me and slams really? his hand at Kin Forey, who's like a big motherfucker, and he just hey. slams his hand and makes make sure that they're there at midnight.
0: So, I, like, I like these scenes, but like I said, they feel there's no depth of like distance where they've gone. So, like, all of a sudden, this detective who's been hanging out around the house, the compound of the the fireflies, who are now known as the Devil's Rejects, and they have always been known forever as that, except the other movie never called them that. So, I find it a little weird that now all of a sudden everybody called them. they. I got this. That, that was before. just
3: like kind of that, like the media sort of tagged them that I way. Know, I have- but- there was no
0: time for the media to take a hold of this situation. The time frame of where the movie takes place from escape to capture is like a I... matter of days, maybe. I, I, it, it's I always hung... seemed the narration, it's all, the continuity is out of place.
3: I don't know, I think you're getting too hung up on little details. Oh, that's
0: what I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Are they, are they the <laughs> devil's rejects because they escaped Dr. <laughs> Satan? Like they were servants of Dr. Satan and that's why now they're the devil's rejects?
3: I don't know. Ask the newscaster. Like, I don't know. I never saw
0: a newscaster get into the house. The The police were there for ages. They were still looking at the books while everybody else in the story was doing things like weeks ahead of time, it, it felt like. So the, <sighs> the detectives were still looking at the scrapbooks. Like, I wonder if Captain Spaulding has anything to do with this. Meanwhile, Captain Spaulding was like eight miles ahead of, of them already traveling to meet with the Devil's Rejects. I don't know. I'm sorry that I see films this way. It, it's... <laughs> Wait, it's hold eight, on. Yeah. Did
1: you guys notice that that no, was PJ Souls? That was the mom. What, John? PJ Souls was the mom of that little kid where Captain Spaulding stole the car. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Wait, like, the kid.
3: Great cameo. Yeah. Todd,
0: that, was a that was awesome.
3: Todd, what are your thoughts about Wydell and his character arc and the um, the the like quest for vengeance?
2: So I, I think you said something earlier, Jacqueline, where and I, I didn't think about this before, is that I think that the vengeance piece of this does make it to where somebody could come in and, and watch the second movie, not knowing anything about the first and enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think the vengeance part, I don't have a problem with it. I think, you know, his dream with his brother is like his breaking point. He's he realizes he's not going to get anywhere with Mother Firefly, as horrible as that character is in this movie. Um, And so he knows that he's not going to make any progress. So it's almost like he he reaches a point in in his brother's, you know, ghost, if you will, is like, you know, you're just going to have to be as unhinged as them if you have any shot of, of bringing justice, you know. And so I like that piece of it. I think that that does make it its own standalone piece of of the so-called trilogy um yeah that's kind of what i think about it
3: i agree with something you said todd about he's gonna have to become like more depraved like he's gonna have to stoop to their level if he wants to defeat them and like avenge his brother's death and i think that's you know it's not a particularly original idea like oh a cop going bad or like Oh, the good guy who descends to the level of the bad guy. Oh, look, they're both monsters. That's not particularly original. It's kind of trite, actually. But I think it it works to drive the character. And I think that him staying within the bounds of, like, correct police work is not going... Like, we wouldn't have a movie if he did that because he would never catch up to them and get them.
0: So like, I'm I'm cool with his turn. I just wish it happened earlier in the film. I think they spent too much time around the house. And his character was, like, dragging ass behind what they were up to. I felt like if the road movie played more like a road movie, like, say, a No Country for Old Men where, like, the, the Fireflies were stopping in and out of certain towns and they were doing things like the hotel that we get to a glimpse at with the Sullivan band. But then we don't... <laughs> stay there all the time we get next thing is the diner where they they you know they stuck up the diner and, and raped and killed like a waitress or whatever and then like there were moments on the blip of the map where they were doing these things and then this detective is following suit and trying to find out where they are next so he that he can exact his revenge i would have liked that and have his brother, but they up like they, all, they
1: also info dump on you twice. It's like Mother Firefly talks about, like, like she pulls out the pictures of Widell, the, the older brother, of him dead, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the end of the movie, or towards the end of the movie, is that that uh, Spaulding says, Oh, yeah, like when his brains hit the floor, it was like, Oh, yeah, he. He wasn't even to in the
0: room when that happened. It was the mo- mother Firefly is the one that killed him.
1: Right, exactly. So that that's continuity of the movie, right?
0: Yeah. At that I... time, Otis was out in the back killing the other dude with the yeah. with the cheerleader. Right,
1: but but Spalding was nowhere
0: around. Right. No, he was in the house. The was Heider- he, was at, yeah, it, he was outside. He was at his fucking thing selling chicken.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So Hyderberg, I see. I definitely see your point about like it should be more of like a cat and mouse type of pace like they need to keep moving and he should be following you know closer behind like i i see your point about him kind of staying too long at their house and i mean he eventually catches up to them but i, I get your point i just to me it's just like kind of a minor ding because i find myself so absorbed in the scenes that we're seeing like as they're happening that i'm not i don't know maybe i think what I'm it is is that
0: like i'm seeing the potential of what they're doing already So I'm envisioning like, oh, this is where they're going. And then when Zombie doesn't get there, I'm sort of like, oh, man. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm a better director than Zombie. I've never directed him in my life. Like, I give him for fucking even putting out as many. And, you know, if he wants to hire his own wife all the time, that's on him. And, you know, we make fun of it, but that's his thing. So granted, it goes to you. I just think that, yeah, there were there were moments in this film where I saw the greatness and I thought it could have been different and it could have stood more the test of time, in my opinion. Uh, I know that people love this movie. And I do get why they do. I mean, it's it's a it's a definite elevation. I feel like in his um, filmmaking prowess. See, House of a Thousand Corpses, and then several years you see this, and it's the, there's an uptake of like, oh, he's framing scenes better, he's editing music better, he's editing better. There's less of these jump cuts. Uh, there are moments of editing here that are like old editing, you know, wipes and stuff like that, but they work well for most of the scenes. So I don't want to ding him too much, to be honest, mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. I know. It's DIY nature is part of its appeal too. like, that's sort of just the the feel of the film. Yeah. So did anybody else at the very end?
2: So they go through the whole thing and then he sets baby loose, you know, you're free to go. And then Mm the whole following scene where he's chasing her and he, what does he say along the way? You know, like run, what's a
0: rabbit run scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you
2: see that. And again, as much as it's a standalone, those of us that have seen, both of the, the first two you know you 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 can feel the those little ties that they have yeah. that he's kind of holding on to right. these just these little pieces where it's like yeah remember this you know before the firefly family was the hunters you know they're chasing down the person no well, now yeah it's this other maniac that's chasing her down you know so you Which, see those i think things.
0: that would have played well like i get that The symbolism there of like this guy is so deranged because of his consumption of his his greed, like not greed, his revenge and like wanting to get revenge because of his brother. Grief and revenge. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I said greed, but yeah, grief is a perfect word to describe what he's going through. And then like to see that like, well, he's no better. I I think if this movie ended on that note, it would have been way better. There's a sequel after it though, so like, there's moments of this movie where I think. There was a cool plan and then they diverged a little bit here and there where it kind of <laughs> diluted some of the message for me.
1: Yeah, but I will bring, bring, yeah, bring up the sequel after that. I, I'll tell you right now that Heiserberg, this is the best acting that uh, Sherry Moon zombie did throughout the movie. Well, like La- this whole it,
0: I, I I'm expecting. Like better she's from crying,
1: her. like she seems so emotional in this. It was yeah. insane.
3: So that's actually something I don't like in this movie. I do not like really. I do not like how Widell it looks like he's finally gotten the better of the fireflies and he's got Otis, Captain Spaulding and baby tied up and, mm-hmm. you know, stapling the photos on them and stuff. And I don't like how they're kind of like afraid and showing pain. I don't
0: because, want to be sympathetic to them. And this well, movie tries to make us sympathetic towards those characters.
1: Well, I never me, felt sy- yeah, it- I never felt sympathetic towards them. I felt I- like, like
0: It tries it with the Wydell character. I
3: don't I don't feel sympathetic towards them. The way it like to me, those mm. moments make them look pathetic. And it's like I think of mm. them as hard and like they're like rebels, you know? And it's like I mm. want to see these characters, even if they're in physical pain, I want to see them sneering and laughing at Wydell. I don't want them to show fear, even if they are afraid on the inside, like. To me, these characters are built in such a way that like it, it seems like a violation of the character for them to be like fearful for their lives. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I or maybe you I disagree. Don't I, I, I don't like to see them sniveling like that. Um, I want to see them defiant to the end, no matter how bad of a bind they're in or what kind of pain they're in. I want to see them, like, even if he's, like, driving a nail into their hands, I want to see them, like, spit in his face and say, fuck you.
0: Which he sort of does, but.
3: But then No, I she want
0: to... de- totally I does.
3: I don't want to see the crying. I don't want to see the crying. I don't and know. The... So,
0: like, the White Dell getting ah. his revenge torture scene, just, like, I don't know. Like, he gets he gets a little too drunk. Um, mm-hmm. Like, why would you get yeah. that drunk? The scene just doesn't interest me that much. I For me, it just doesn't work, like. I don't like the attempt at making me sympathize with these three stone cold killers. I don't like that. You're trying to make me empathize with them. And that's what this film is doing. They're trying to make me sit in like why they turn why into the villain at one point in this film. And then all of a sudden the fireflies are like, Oh, look at them. They're, they're being preyed upon, you know, like, Oh, look, why torturing them. Boo hoo. Meanwhile, they're fucking horrible people. And I don't want to rally in their corner. There's nobody really good to rally in anybody's point. To be honest, even the victims are kind of like pathetic in this film.
3: I was definitely on Gloria and Wendy's side. Yeah,
0: those are the two that resonated the most.
3: Um, I, I don't agree with your assessment of Roy as a useless character. Oh, I, so I think he's pathetic. I agree. I think he's pathetic. I think he's a coward. But like some people are like that. There's some get people it. I who, just... like, if they're under attack, they're going to fold and they're like. No, I mean, like, I get it.
0: He He shook Johnny Cash's hand one time.
3: I don't know. It's just. I Play with Johnny Cash and
1: shook his hand.
3: I think that's a portrayal of like, there are different kinds of people who react different kinds of ways to an extreme situation.
0: I I mean, I I just, I feel like we spent so much time with those characters that it's just like, he's doing nothing for me. There's mm -hmm. no sense of him ever fighting back. And then like, we focus on them for a long time. And I just feel like the film could have jumped to another location and showed us more like, chaos i would have loved to see a little bit of a longer film of them on the road that's the film i wish this was in my opinion
3: i i can see that i don't know if we needed a longer film this is already an hour and 50 minutes i feel like yeah it is
0: we could have have longer moments of that is what i really
3: okay i see yeah but i think there there were a lot of places where this could have been trimmed yeah Um, and as far as like sympathizing with these ghouls I, i don't know it's like I have I have a weird melange, if you will, of feeling mm. about <laughs> Melange. melange. Mm. Like I enjoy these characters. They're very entertaining to me, but I don't sympathize with them.
0: But you acknowledge that the film's trying to get you to, right?
3: I'm not mm-hmm.
0: sure. Like you can kind yeah, of see that. It. No?
3: I feel like we're supposed to oh, know really. That there's a
0: turn in this film where they become the heroes we're supposed to under like relate to the fires I mean, and not I, their victims we're in the right. first film we were in the victims like
3: you're, you're right but I, I feel like it's a rob zombie thing of like um it's like sort of an anar- like an anarchist what's the word i need like an anarchistic is that a word yeah
0: that sounds about <laughs> right for what the <laughs> point you're trying to get across it's,
3: of, I feel like it's him sort of exploring this anarchistic view of society, and that I don't know whether he really feels that or not. I kind of suspect that he doesn't really. But it's
0: okay. But it just comes across as like a sixteen-year-old sort of vibe. You know what I mean? Like where uh, I feel well, like it, I feel like it, it feels director, like so it feels more... like he's
1: trying. To, I know, but he feels like he's trying to make Charles Manson an anti-hero, right? Like what right. he did, right. yeah, doesn't it? Was was. I don't know. Rob Zombie loves Charles Manson. You have you been to I mean, a Rob fine. Zombie concert? I think it,
0: about it's... Rob Zombie and like, there's like he could be like the next Quentin Tarantino, but for horror films. But sometimes he wears his like the things he loves on his sleeves too hard, and wears him like yeah. really good at homaging things and he making his own a version of it. it.
3: Yeah, he's less. And when I watch,
0: yeah, when I watch a zombie film, I'm just pointing out like, okay, like I can tell where you're getting your influence, and like I get it though, because I get what you're influenced by, and I think, I think overall he's a good filmmaker. Like I don't think Rob Zombie's trash. I know we trash on him. And no, stuff, no, but no. I, no. Think he, I know he tries really hard to like get these scenes, and I think there's growth in his movies, even the ones I don't like. It like even after this film, there's growth in scenes like in Thirty One. There are scenes in that movie that play out well. Well.
1: Jacqueline, I don't know if you know this, but I isn't the the um speech that Otis makes, isn't that like a diversion of what like one of uh uh Charles Manson's yeah
3: peons when he made? Says, yeah. When he says, I'm the devil, I'm here to do the devil's work, that is like a slight um variation of what Tex um what was his name? Um the the man who was there at the present at, present at the uh, tate murders um text yeah was, yeah it's a variation of something text said yeah So i mean come on come on <laughs> I, I, mean,
0: I get it like i get his like the things that he's influenced by i feel like some yeah. of them just are too in the front in the forefront for me where i feel yeah. like he could be better at sort of um, but he's doing he, some of these things better and just nodding towards his influences as a filmmaker.
1: Right, yeah. but he's also trying to be, bring it to the forefront of this is hey, this is my influence not that I agree with it but here you go. Yeah, right, I,
3: you. I, it. A, I agree. Like, I don't think these are like views that he really holds in his personal life. I think it's sort of a juvenile exploration of this kind of rebellious badassery just yeah. like countercultural anti-establishment kind of thing like mm-hmm. the, the cops are the bad guys yep. I, I, I i i get it
0: and so like he does he makes the cop the bad guy in this um and
1: but i also don't think but how's the
0: cop the bad guy the well, to, because we're we're led to sit in we sit into the 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 lapse of the uh fireflies at one moment in this film where we are meant to sort of sympathize with what they're going to. and They're being tortured by at White the end out. of the movie
1: is like like, like yeah. But at that point, they're...
0: we've turned what could have been the the uh, protagonist into an antagonist, and we've turned the antagonist into like anti heroes at this point in the film, which is fine if that's what your your gain is. But I just don't. It doesn't resonate with me um, as far as a as a as a viewer.
3: I guess I just Agreed. feel like their de- their capture and their demise, even though their demise does not come at the hands of um sheriff Wydell, as was as you know he had hoped for i still feel like it's all kind of inevitable like because of the d de- well again if we're ignoring three from hell which i would love to do um presumably the way this film ends it seems as though they all die which i think is absolutely appropriate
0: yeah and that's like, poetic for the type of film it is um, it's,
3: it's inevitable and it's correct you know
0: yeah and the fact that it's kind of take like you see some of the you see some of the damage but then it's the rest of it's off screen with sound effects i like that i think that's actually creative yeah. um even if it's a budgetary issue like that's that works for me as far as the film i do like moments like where charlie shows up uh after the double cross and he shows up and i got lando calrissian vibes from him oh yeah <laughs> right? Didn't you? you shows up. He's like, "It was a double cross, and I'm here to save you." I had to do what I had to do.
3: So, what do we all? It's
0: think It's business, of the final... baby. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what do we all so, think who, of the Freebird shootout final, like slow motion? Oh, and it's
0: cool. It's. it's fucking like loved it. Loved There's it. another scene that happens before that. I'm conflicted about that. I I kind of wanted to talk on too. Okay. I uh, just um. So, like at the point where like Charlie shows up and like saves the day, and like we get. So Charlie shows up and then Widell has become like the villain at this point. And he's like a slasher villain in this at this point. Right. Like he Charlie saves baby, puts her in the car and then turns around and boom, Wydell like axes him to death. Right. And then like he's portrayed almost like a slasher. And then we get baby who's portrayed almost like a final girl. She's like running for her life through the mm-hmm. car. She like the the other door opens up and she come like kind of clambers out of the uh, passenger side while um Wydell, who's so consumed with his rage, is like now a villain Um, and he chases her. And although uh, I'm not really like a fan of empathizing with the fireflies, like that whole theme that this movie does, I'm not a big fan of that at all. But like I was conflicted by the scene where like Wydell whipping her and it, there was a confliction there for me as a man because I'm given what she's done and to people and to his brother and his eyes, I can understand why he's like beating on her, but as a man, like to watch, it's tough still to watch as like a woman gets like, you know, beaten upon and whipped by this grown man. And I, I, it was a weird situation that I was put in and it's not a hundred percent clear on either side. And I do, I, I kind of respect uh, zombies directing in that moment where I thought like, that made me think, too, because I was like, yeah, get her. But fuck, man, do you have to hit her so hard? Like, I don't know. They also go that way? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let me
1: ask you a question.
2: <laughs> uh, I, so, I, I was conflicted with that, too. Um, right. And, and again, I don't know if it was really trying to drive home that pushing her to the final girl. Because I had that exact same thought, like really trying to, to truly put her in that position. Um, but you know, at the same time, so how, how, so how many has everybody, nobody has seen three from hell then?
3: I, have. I haven't. Yeah.
2: No. I have. You have. Okay. And John, you said you have, I have. Okay. So Hyderberg, you're the only one that has not Yeah, I haven't. So, you, you know, <laughs> the, the, the last scene. So I was thinking to myself, you know, there's no doubt we've talked about the soundtrack and it's a great soundtrack, but it's like that open road you know, Hyderberg, if there was more open road scenes from town to town, I think you
0: would have been happier with oh, the man. movie overall. They show um, me so much at the end with that, that helicopter shot. Yeah. yeah. You're like, where That's was the all film I want road time when that is earlier, the film I want from this. You know? film. I want them in the fucking convertible. You want
3: the film and Louise version.
0: Yes. Yes. I want them stopping from town to town and getting into the shit and mixing it up with more than just one sheriff. And
3: fucking,
0: when bro- you, I, fucking, fucking, okay, life over Freebird, that they come into contact with.
1: Freebird is the perfect song for this movie. Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah. I love it.
2: But when you so think that. about, okay, so 2005, this comes out and we're all left with that final scene, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, then you, you know, you fast forward to 2019 when, when the third comes out. But so for all that time, though, you have that, like, that was the end. Like, yeah. You know, it, it, you, you didn't really think they're coming back. And so after I watched this again, I I had to go watch the very beginning of three from hell to remember how they brought them back from the dead. (laughs) And within the first, you know, two minutes of that movie, they're like, oh, it was a one in a million chance of survival for yeah. these, you know, mass murder. <laughs> Twenty bullet wounds per victim, and and they've spent the last year recovering. You know, like the the way they frame that whole thing after watching them get shot up, you're just like, okay, I see or- where this is going.
1: And <laughs> nigerberg you think that Sherry Moon zombie's crazy, and the other ones? Wait until
0: you see three from hell.
2: Oh man,
0: is your acting better? Oh no.
2: John, wouldn't you agree that she gives Pocahontas a whole different meaning?
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's almost offensive. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So let me be clear. Let me be clear. I love Rob Zombie. I defend him wherever possible. But just because I'm a fan of his does not mean I love all of his movies. I think The Devil's Rejects is like top tier Rob Zombie. But I, I... Despise Three from Hell. I think it's terrible. It, it should not have been made. Period. Yeah. So yep. just because I'm a defender, even though
1: Richard breaks in it,
3: he's the best no. part. Well, I, uh, no, he's not. I no, he's no not. he. I, yeah, I caught myself. Um
1: D Wallace is the best.
3: D Wallace is the best. Of it. What? But my point is, I, I don't defend him blindly, and even I can admit that three from hell is atrocious.
0: I feel like I have to watch it now. One, because I know that Jacqueline's gonna make us watch it at one point. And <laughs> I
1: mean, gonna- two, because
0: I just having just like I watched at least two more uh Toxie movies last week, <laughs> I need to watch more of the crap that we did we're- you watch
1: the fourth one?
0: I haven't yet, but I have I have seen them. Ooh. When I was younger, like I, I know that Ugh. he goes up against like other toxic forms of other mutants, and like I, I kind of oh. dig, sort of, don't I dig the, when Toxy don't, goes up no. against, like, no. it's like a guy. Watch
3: it, John. You don't want to do it.
0: it. Don't John, do it. John, yes,
3: which is first? Citizen Toxy or Three
1: from Hell? Oof. Ooh, God, Jacqueline, that's a great question. Um, I'm gonna say Citizen Toxy. <laughs> Take to to man so down trauma. to his soul,
0: Jacqueline.
3: Wow.
0: That I, Citizen Toxie, you guys yeah, Citizen
1: Toxie's
0: like bad, not.
1: but like Three from Hell is really
0: bad. Yeah, but he runs for mayor in Citizen Toxie, doesn't he? Nope, I'm not going to say anything. Okay, okay, but he ran for mayor.
3: All right, we're 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 running a little long on time, fellas. How do you feel about okay. go ahead go ahead and giving our individual ratings?
0: uh real quick, uh. We mentioned on the free bird, it's great. I also love the song that the plays out to the credits. The uh, mix of shots of the road and the terrain, um, mm-hmm. I thought were really good. And those were shots of like the movie that I actually wish we had a- at the end. Um, and the very end, I uh, just, I don't know. I like the tone of the very end of the film.
1: I respect that, even though it's CGI.
0: <laughs> no, those, those that was that was a uh, that was helicopter shots.
1: Yeah. No, 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 I'm talking about like when they got killed. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know, it was very
0: killed. CGI. And that part <laughs> took me out Every, a little bit. But...
3: Well, it's so and stuff, though, that it's like,
0: I don't know. It was definitely CGI. You could tell. But I wish uh, that scene was practical. And I think Rob right. ultimately wishes it was practical, too. Yeah, same. It's, yeah, uh, like, it was taken out of his hands. Yeah.
1: You picked this movie. Go ahead and start us off. How do you feel about The Devil's Rejects 2005?
3: Well, real quick, one one brief note about the ending scene. What I think is hilarious about it is they've set up this like, um, you know, the row of police cars blocking their way, like blocking the road. And they're shooting at all three of the people in the car. It's like what they don't show is what happens when that car like crashes into all the police cars. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, you know, they're
0: not stopping the car. I feel I- like that's the abundance of fire that you hear at the very end is them when they get close enough, they're like fired upon.
3: You're not going to stop a car traveling no. in six- Oh, well, he might veer oh, to like the right or the left. 100 yards away from you. I like, just
0: hope. I just hope that Officer Dobson is all right. Yeah,
3: I was. I was worried about Officer. Dobson Officer too.
0: Doofy. Same. Doofy same. I'm just
3: kidding. Anyway, okay. So here's my actual review. Um, okay. I, I actually, I, I adore this movie. I think it's, um, I think it's great. I think there's actually really good acting here. I think William Forsyth, it, He really like. I think he gives like a hundred percent. I feel like everybody, I feel like everybody in the cast, like, understands the assignment here. Um, like, even when there's an absurd premise, I feel like everybody goes all in on it. Like, uh, William Forsyth. Like, yeah, it. you could argue that it's ridiculous or trite, you know, that this sheriff is going totally rogue and turning bad and all this, but he plays it so earnestly and with this gravitas. And I... I feel for him throughout this quest that he's on. Um, I think his voice is incredible. I just, I think his acting is really great. Um, like, I, I don't know. Up to a point, I do follow him and sympathize with him as a character. I stop sympathizing with him once he goes rogue. But I get, I get the motivation of his, you know, his odyssey, right? Um, I think Ken Foray is great in it. I think um, Sid Haig is hilarious. I think there's a lot, there's so much humor in this one that I don't get from House of a Thousand Corpses. And I'm sorry to keep comparing them, but it's sometimes it's hard for me not to. Um, I love House of a Thousand Corpses, but I actually think that this movie is super quotable. Um, I love the the exchange about ice cream in the van. Um, and she's like, yeah, Tootie fucking Fruity, that sounds pretty good. And they're kind of like, taunting grumpy otis and like tooty fucking Freddy," and as as you know kind of humorous as that scene is i actually think it like is revealing um with regards to otis's character that like the other two are able to loosen up a little and kind of have fun with what they're doing even when it's evil but otis is kind of always like the stick in the mud like he's always kind of he's kind of a grumpy curmudgeon and And that's her
0: dad in this moment right it's like her playing along with her dad
3: yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like a little father-daughter moment. They're like, yeah, let's get some dirty and Otis is just, like, he can't even enjoy, like, some ice cream. <laughs>
0: it's like and they like, try to get to enjoy it.
3: Yeah, and he's like, there's no ice cream in your fucking future. And the next shot is them holding ice cream.
0: Yeah. I, I love it. I did like that.
3: Um, um, Otis has some great lines when he's like, Boy, the next word out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit because it's, definitely <laughs> <Mark Twain. laughs>
0: it's gonna be on tombstone. My a tomb. buddy used to have that as his voicemail when you call his phone.
3: <laughs> That's great. I know I want to change my voicemail. Um and then Sid Haig. To me, the funniest, the funniest part of this whole movie is Sid Haig when he takes the car from PJ Souls and the little boy and he knocks out he's like ma'am I'm gonna be have to I'm gonna have to be taking your vehicle here today I got some super secret clown business that supersedes any plans you may have had for this vehicle and she's like what's this not clown business and he knocks her out and then he gets in the car and the kid's like "Eh." (laughs) and he goes what's the matter kid don't you like clowns don't we make you laugh don't you think we're fucking funny and the kid's like no and he's like you better have a good reason because I'm gonna come back here and check on you and your mama I just to me that scene is just so hilarious but interesting in the fact that he does not kill them mm-hmm. i just think it's you know it's a little moment like maybe he's you know he's the oldest one he's a little more mature he has the ability for self-restraint
0: yeah he knows I- how far a threat like that will go you know you, you drop something like that those people they're going to remember you so yeah
3: and they're not going to do shit about it um So yeah, I I just, I think there's so much good dialogue in here. And I think that, as I said before, I think a lot of it goes towards um, like establishing and differentiating characters. Like Otis is the grouch who can't enjoy himself with anything. Baby is the playful one. You know, she's like, the the motel scene is like a slumber party to her. You know, Um, Sid Haig, you know, I think it's interesting that he makes a choice not to kill those people when he could um charlie's character he like sells out to the police to like save his own ass right and so we're i feel like that moment where uh spalding realizes that charlie's kind of like given them up that's like it's like a letdown you're like oh no charlie like he let him down you know you're kind of disappointed in him but like he's you know that's his primary motivation is to like save his own ass but he still cares enough that he comes back to try to help them later. He's like, yeah, I had to it's save my like own
0: like Lando
3: I don't know what that reference is.
0: It's a Star Wars reference. And believe me, Uh-oh. it's okay. what this movie does. Okay. I
3: believe- um, but so, like, he does care about his friends, and he's willing to try to help them. But just when he's threatened by a sheriff, you know, who's, like, crushing his fingers in the car, he's, you know, he's going to give them up. So, that, like, that reveals something about his character and the level of his self-interest, you know? Um, So I I actually think there's like strong character building here. Uh, I sort of, I feel like a lot of people rag on this movie because the violence is so sadistic. And I don't know, I feel like there's some pearl clutching that goes on with this movie. And I can see how that was sort of more relevant in the time that it came out. Because I think that this type of movie was sort of in its infancy then. I think this was part of the beginning of the so-called torture porn thing. You know, and I like you could even argue that House of a Thousand Corpses did that, like the, the like the sadism of the violence. And it was very unlike other kinds of horror movies that were coming out at that time. But then in 04, you got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. In 06, you got the Hills Have Eyes remake. You got to 04, you got Saw. Then you got Hostile. So like, but I, I think at the time this came out, it was still kind of a new thing and people were wringing their hands over it. I don't know. I feel like almost 20 years later. It's just not that shocking to me anymore. Um, I don't know. I just, it doesn't like hit, it doesn't penetrate for me. Like when people complain about the sadistic violence, because I feel like if you're a horror fan, you know, who's been around for a while, I just, I don't know how, like, I just don't feel like this is like really above. What am I trying to say here? Like, I don't think this is anything particularly like out there or like brutal compared to some of the stuff we may have watched like if you've seen martyrs by now like this just doesn't seem like that big of a deal I don't know I feel like it's almost a little old-fashioned to be like shocked by the violence in this movie unless it's just not your thing but if you're a horror fan then it's like I don't know I just don't think it's anything new um I don't see this movie as condoning violence. Like some people I feel like kind of talk about it as though it's like an immoral film and I just don't see it as like condoning violence. Um, so I, I guess I just don't really get like, if if people are condemning the violence in this movie, I, I don't really get like what the basis is. I mean, if you're accustomed to watching violent movies anyway, like we know what the character. it's, I don't think it's like meaningless or purposeless like there are motivations for the characters and you might not like them you like you might not like an individual character like we can acknowledge that what they do is wrong but i don't think the movie itself is like condoning any of that so i think within if you want to call like torture porn a subgenre which you know, i don't love that label to begin with but if you want to call it a subgenre i actually think this is like a really good example of that i i understand that not everybody likes that But if you do then i think that this is like very representative of like some of the best you can do with that um i also think i mean i'll admit like i think that part of for me part of the appeal of horror in general is that like i think that watching violence on screen can be cathartic and because you you know because you are like these are terrible characters the firefly family but they are our protagonists, you know, for better or worse. They're not good people, but they are the characters that we're meant to follow throughout the movie. And I think that allows us to kind of experience a little bit of the, like, experience a little bit of catharsis of, like, the violence. And I I talked about this a little bit when I was on Nicole's um, Light and Shadow podcast when we, when we did the um, Women in Horror Month in 2022. Something that appeals to me about that is, like, I feel like that's a way for people to, like, exercise negative and there's something about that like if I'm feeling angry or upset or like in a negative headspace I feel like sometimes you know I don't know what this says about me but I feel like sometimes watching violence like the kind of violence that we see in this movie perpetrated by characters that we're meant to follow it's like it's sort of like I don't know maybe it's weird but it's kind of a cleansing experience for me so I don't know. I appreciate this movie. I appreciate the character of Baby, as I said before, for the role that she plays as a female villain. Um, I hear and agree with a lot of the criticism that you guys had, Hyderberg. I definitely do get your point about pacing. I can see where you would want more of a, a Thelma and Louise type movie where the characters keep move they, like they keep it moving a little better. I I, I agree mm-hmm. with that. I think an hour and fifty minutes is too long. Uh, I think there's a lot that could be trimmed out of it. I think that this could be down to like an hour and a half an hour and 35 and be a lot better um, and have some better pacing. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't have a whole lot to say that's, that's negative about this movie. Um, I, I can see how this might be sort of a juvenile exploration of like an anti-establishment kind of Mm -hmm. mentality. It's just that I think it's just an exploration by a young filmmaker. So when it's all said and done, I am going to give this movie 8.5 8.5 out of 10 tutti frutti ice cream cones.
2: <laughs> so, yeah.
3: 2 p.m. Todd, what do you have to say
2: about? Well, I mean, do- you, you, uh, I think you summed up so many things. Like, you, you were very <laughs> from the, uh, kind of insider, 2 p.m. Todd here. Uh, Jacqueline's <laughs> review, uh, summary was spot on as far as so many different things. Um, I agree uh, with a lot of it. You know, I think this movie for me, like I said, along the way, it's hard not to compare it to a house of a thousand corpses. Those are pre- those are two of my favorite movies. They're just go-tos that I could go to at any given time. You know, the vibe of that, the seventies vibe, the dirty, the just the whole dusty, grimy feel to it. We know that's Rob Zombie and he delivers on it. He improved upon House of a Thousand Corpses on so many different levels. Uh, and I think built the characters up to where you hate them, you love them, you hate them, you love them. You know, do you feel bad for them? Maybe yes, maybe no. Do they have a soul? Don't they have a soul? And, and I think he takes us on that roller coaster ride throughout the movie. Um, it's hard to think at the very end with the road trip scene, you know, what if a cut above did a world tour? You know, they're in a convertible <laughs> caddy. They're coming to a town near you. Like, I mean, it's hard not to have that sort of a vision when you're listening to that play and they're out there in the car. Um, just something to, to chew on Hyderberg for, for maybe a future road trip. Um, Thank you. you know, I I think overall, uh, I, I like the continuity that Zombie brought to it. I, I like the tie-ins. And I think we all agree if it would have ended here, that would have been the best spot because I think that that's the right thing for it. Um, I also am a big fan of movies that are an hour and a half, hour 40 tops. So if it could have been tighter, cut out some of just kind of the meandering, uh, I think that would have been an improvement. But all in all, I think it's a great flick. Uh, I went back and forth, and I think I'm going to put this at an eight out of 10 tutti-fucking-fruity cones, and I will tell you that I was really dabbling if the rating scale should be inbred, headless chicken fuckers. Um, <laughs> throwing that
1: out
0: there. Then... You gave it an 8 out of 10? 8 out of eight 10.
3: Also, s- a hilarious interchange involving Ken Foray.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Eight laughs> <of> 10 chicken <laughs> fuckers.
1: <laughs> so what you're telling me is that I'm going to cut off the head of this chicken, put my dick <laughs> in this ass, and then, he knows
0: all about it, but he's so against it. Yeah, yeah. He's not gonna sell you a chicken if you're gonna fuck it, but he knows exactly how to fuck one. What a terrible scene! What? A but he's not gonna. <laughs> uh Jacqueline, <Jeffen, laughs> would you give it again?
3: I gave it eight point five.
0: Eight point five. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, Hydra Berg, what do you say?
0: Oh, it's my turn already. Yes. Oh shit. Oh man, I don't have my sound bites ready to go. I had a problem with the sound bites. Just pretend that you hear some yeah yeah some devil man uh yeah let me just queue up my notes here real perfect uh just like this filmmaker uh pros great great cast overall i'm pretty great pretty great um there's a lot of different actors in this film and i was surprised by some of them and now that we've talked about them through trivia like where they come from as well as like other horror uh movies or genre films it's interesting to see Uh, I enjoyed the characters more in this time around than compared to like their appearances in corpses. I thought the fireflies in general just were more interesting in this. I love that. It's a road movie. That was an interesting choice, but it's also not really that good of a road movie. Um, And that is one of my dings, you know um, it just, it could have been a better road film in my opinion. It should have went for its roadiness uh, a little bit harder. Uh, I do think there's a, like there's some decent editing in this as well. Um, some of the shots are very cinematic and I felt like those were things that were lacking from the first film. Like there are moments where you could tell like he's a, an established filmmaker, but he's really leaning into the things that it, uh, inspire him a lot. And that's where I kind of like, don't get me wrong. Like I don't mind that you make a film that's like a modern take on Texas Chainsaw, what I mind is that you're just basically making a remake of your own text. Like, it just doesn't fit as well. If you had had a little bit more nuance to your characters or your writing and there was more to the banter, like say a a Tarantino film, I would have understood, like, okay, these are the films that influenced you as a filmmaker, and that's why you're sticking in that genre. But I can't watch one of his films without being like, all right, he's obviously ripping off this and that. I don't know why. I, I feel like sometimes, like, I know that Rob Zombie gets a bad, um, you know, rap. And I don't want to be one of the people that just like dumps on him either. Like, I get it. I just can't help it though. Like you fucking, you get your wife in every single film, man. She's awful. She's fucking awful. I'm sorry. I I, I, So like, I just, there's some decent scenes in this film. It picks up well enough narratively, I think, uh, based off the second one, the first one. Uh, Like, I guess as a follow-up to the corpses, I just thought like, not entirely sure how much time has passed, but like I thought like it picks up pretty well based on that. Like, all right, they're getting overwhelmed by police. They have to vacate. And now they're on the road. I wish we focused more on their on the road and less on the fact that we keep coming back to their house. What is this fascination with their fucking house? Their, their, the detective is just there all the time and we're getting shots constantly at their property. It's like, I get it. You didn't pay for so many locations, Rob. And like you need to reuse some of these things. But like it's showing. In your filmmaking, in my opinion. Um, uh, just some of the dialogue, it's just fucking awful. I'm sorry, it's bad. It's bad dialogue. There are moments of really good dialogue because they're delivered by really good actors like Otis, like Bill Moseley. And then like, there's moments that are left for Sherry Moon to move the scene, and it, she just does not move a scene. Her acting is stiff. Her, physical cal- her physicality acting is stiff. Her fucking... She's just uh, th- look, this movie plays like it's a vehicle to extend her acting career, which is great, except that never went anywhere. She's never been in any of the fucking movies made by anybody else besides Rob Zombie. And Maybe one other film she's been in. So it's not like she's ever become like an actress, even in bad movies. She's only a Rob Zombie actress. And I take I take issue with that. I'm sorry. Like, why are you? I just don't get it. It just bothers me so much. There are scenes that literally could play out so much better. She wasn't the main focused actor in that scene to pull that scene together because she can't. She just can't. I'm sorry. It's beyond her fucking reach. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, this film really wants to be Texas Chainsaw. Uh, It's very obvious um, and I get like it's an homage, but at the same time, it's just too obvious for me. It's just too fucking obvious. The 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 sense of location was off to me too. The the film is played like a road movie, but they never really go anywhere. So it's a ding for that. Like the best road movies go someplace; they move you along in the story. This this movie just doesn't do that. The gore is really good. uh, For the most part, it's better than it used to be in the last film. Or actually, no, it's pretty good in the last film. It's it's just as good. And then they go into this weird CGI mix that just doesn't hold up, which is very weird to me. And they should have just gone full practical, in my opinion. Like some blood spurts here and there would have been great. Some over the top blood spurts would have been great. There's some scenes like when the knife comes out of glorious uh, chest, just make that an absurd fucking blood pump and call it a day. I would have loved that. And like I said already, Moon's fucking acting. It's just not good. I'm sorry. It's just it's a downer. She, she's like a downer to scenes for me. There are scenes that literally I enjoy and she takes me out of them. And I just cannot get them back once I know that she's the driving force. And just the ball feels dropped, honestly, overall for me. Um, and I dig a lot of the elements to this film. I dig the road, the road movie that it wants to be. I dig the Texas Chainsaw sort of pseudo sequel. That's fine. Like I get some of that, but at the end of the day, it just feels sloppy, sloppily put together. Um, I don't know. With that said, I'm just going to give Devil's Rejects from 2005. I'm going to go to 5.5 out of 10. Um, what are we giving it? Um, 2D, fr- 2D fucking, fucking fruities. Yeah. Five point five out of ten, tooty fucking pretty.
3: You sound like really let down, Hydrobird.
0: I am. I so like I, I when I comment on like this act, this director, or I comment on like Eli Roth, it's because I see more potential in those two directors, right. and I know everybody lets them off the hook. Like, well, they get their they they have a huge homage to the films that they love, and they're like, but I think they're I think they're both better creatives than they than they allow themselves to be when given the chance. I don't know. Like I, I I think even Eli Roth, I think his films could be better um, if he like drew himself in a little bit. There's times where I just think he goes on a tangent too. I don't know. It's just Mm -hmm. part of my critique on these. I I think, I think, I think Rob Zombie is a is a pretty good director, like a really good director. I want to say, not so much a great writer. I just stop hiring your wife. I'm sorry. Like that's always. I know that's the thing that we all say, and it seems like. I don't know. Contrite to say all the time, but you know what? It's the fucking truth. So, just stop hiring your wife, man. Stop. well, I can tell you one
2: thing that Sherry Moon is number one in, and that is Hyderberg's rant. Uh, (laughs) I think she may have taken the top spot over falling through the false ceiling. Yeah, the trash bag. I I think Sherry Moon is is may have taken the top spot for rant. <laughs> it's pretty fucking I, bad, bro.
3: I think that was your most epic rant ever, actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. agreed.
0: Because I well, want to like this film, and there's scenes that I want to like, and I see the I see the things that you guys see, but then she fucking speaks, and and the and the camera focuses on her for a moment, and like her dialogue, there's no nuance to her performance ever.
2: Would it have helped if her name was Tadrick, or was that
0: <laughs> Edward? Jamie Lee Curtis. Edward. Tedward? That's not a real name, bro. We've already spoken.
3: <laughs> Hedgerberg, you're gonna hate it when I pick Lords of Salem.
0: I wish oh, her name was just Tootie. 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 And then they queued it in. Broody. It's like her name was Tootie, like from like uh, uh, Back, whatever. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Tootie F. Fruity. And then and it was, Tootie, yeah exactly. Is. To her, t- her name her whole name was tootie f fruity
3: okay so that's a 5.5 from Hyderberg. i'm hey. pleased it's still on the positive side it was a true flaccid fuck so i'll i'll take it i'll take it
0: <laughs> i gave john. house like three
3: okay that's fair john what do you think
1: yes uh, i agree with everything heiderberg said oh, no. however however <laughs> while this movie was entertaining um <laughs> i hated the fact that uh, the Firefly, Firefly family became the protagonist of the, um, the one scene I really loved. And I don't know if we touched on very much is uh, William Forsythe killing Ma- mother Firefly and the way he does it. And just like seduces her. That to me was a fantastic scene and, um, Ivor, I agree with you. I, I, I thought she like blew a lot of these scenes and uh the Sharon Moon zombie I'm talking about. but at the end, it felt real. It felt like 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 she was genuinely scared, but not for her, but for her family. and I, I really enjoyed that. Um you guys mentioned everything that was good and bad about the movie i I, I didn't like the CGI. I wish Rob could have really just like pulled more practical into this and made it more of a 70s grindhouse uh, uh, slasher movie. But I'm going to give it a, uh, it's going to blow you away, 6.5 out of 10 2D fucking fruity.
3: So you guys probably don't know this, but I play a little game with myself every week where after I listen to your thoughts on the movie, I try to guess what your number rating is going to be. And John, I was guessing you were going to say 6.5, so I was pretty happy. Really? Oh, (laughs) my gosh. I was like, this sounds like a 6.5 review.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Um, God, the dialogue sucked. But I mean, it was just like, how could you not have a good time with this movie? With the exception of the hotel scene, because that was really tough to watch. But it was done, I guess, with respect. I think it was skillful. I it, it was mm-hmm. yep. yeah. what do you think todd that, that whole hotel scene that was yeah. kind of like it, it it was rapey but it was like done with i don't know like
2: it, it, it was know. it like walked it just walked the fine line it was because you yeah. you it, it, it was almost like one of those scenes where it cuts away and you know what's what's happening but you're not seeing it but we were watching it but it wasn't going right. over the line like that it, I, I it was masterful the way it just built the tension like you felt how bad it was
1: i thought bill mosley did like a masterful job with that it, because he wasn't like like being forceful but he was being very gentle but just forceful
3: maybe. Able, like he was able to control the victims without be, like physically
1: forcing them to do anything
0: well, yeah, he put yeah. her in a place where she thought this is the behavior she needed to do in order to survive. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And, it, and he says to her, "He's like, hey, give me some sugar. Make sure." And I never got the sense of like it. she's
0: actually sucking on his dick at that scene. She's just mimicking it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Thing you know, yeah. towards her, like his dick yeah. isn't yeah. actually in her mouth. No, no. I'm mimicking it as if like she's gonna have to do it at some point, point. and that's the th- th- that thrill for him is and- like she's scared of that.
1: Well, the way bill mosley did that he, he pulled her away that he wasn't being forceful he was just like oh, okay and yeah the, g- the gun
0: was it. his representation of his right right, ballic, right. you know it, it was yeah. his dick and that that scared me the most was when he's putting a loaded weapon like down her pants or like edging towards her nipples oh yeah it could go off at any moment or like and he,
1: her backside i mean he was just yeah. like it kind of rubbing it down there and it's, it got brought up, brought up later in and the And it's movie, a tricky
0: scene, was, too, because I get it, too. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot of nuance there, because I do feel like she's like a woman who's sort of, like, not being pleasured by her husband anymore. You can kind of tell that from their relationship. Um, So, like, she is a beautiful woman, and, like, she does want to feel good about herself, but, like, this is not how sure. she mm-hmm. And then, like, this guy steps in and sort of does that in a weird, perverted sort of nature, violent nature, and, like, there, there are a lot of crisscrossing of, like, emotions in those scenes. So I do, I do respect mm-hmm. the hotel scenes. And I I, I don't discourage the, the hotel scenes at all. I'm not like, oh, we don't need them. I like them. I think we could use more of them. I think what we focus too long with nah. the group. And I, mm. if we had moved along and we got to see the Fireflies interact with more groups of people, I would have loved to see that. And for me, personally, it would have been the movie. I, I, I felt very
1: in. uncomfortable with the hotel scene.
3: Yeah. Mm. Well, Hydraburg, I, th- I think that's a fair point. Um, we are running a bit long here, so I think I'm going to just okay. trivia. trivia. Um, there wasn't really anything earth shattering that, you know, I, I didn't already like sprinkle in there.
0: Somebody fucked a real chicken, right?
3: Yep. <laughs> it's true.
0: No. I knew it. Uh,
3: but yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun talking with you guys about this. And I, I honestly did not know where y'all were going to come down on it. So now I know. Yeah. Um, Todd, thank you so so much for joining us. You're such a fantastic guest. I was so happy to have you uh, backing me up a little bit here today.
2: No, <laughs> oh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been awesome. Um,
3: uh, yeah. So I will wait. I-, I promise I will wait at least another year and a half before picking <laughs> Salem. All right. I'd work-
0: squeeze it <laughs> in sooner. Work-
3: Hyderabad, I'll give you like a six month warning so that you can start like preparing yourself, bracing yourself for a whole movie carried by a Sherry Moon zombie. Oh my
0: god! Too <laughs> so much. Nice.
3: Well, that's going to be the next one, but I will wait a year and a half so you can recover a little bit. But the good news is next week, Hydroberg, it's your pick. And what are you picking for us next week?
0: It is next week. Is my pick, and we will be having on the show for a first timer and friend of the show, uh, Matt Stenson. Yes. Uh, Bridge Troll Matt from the Straight Chilling (laughs) Slack, if you don't know. He's a big supporter of the show, and I finally talked him into coming on for an episode. So that episode is going to be Toby Hooper's Life Force from 1985. Oh, shit. And if anybody knows Matt and they know Straight Chilling lore, they know that there's a connection between those two films, and I can't wait to get into it. (laughs) And there's a connection to me and this film as well, and Straight Chilling as well, so... Nice. Uh, and I can't wait to just talk about that. So it's it's streaming. It's a gem, if you ask me. And it's streaming on Tubi and MGM+. Awesome.
3: All right. So everybody go watch Life Force on Tubi. And what was the other thing? MGM+. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: MGM+, as well. That's what yep. it said. Yeah.
3: So go check that out in the meantime if you want to write in and let us know why um, Hyiderberg is wrong about devil's rejects I'm just kidding if you want to just write in and share any thoughts about devil's rejects, that's fine we'll take any opinions uh, you can email us at a cut review at gmail.com you can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror
0: uh, you can talk Todd- on Instagram at a cut underscore review
1: and Todd, where can they follow you buddy?
0: I
2: uh
1: I
0: got nothing to, to be
2: followed. I mean, I'm just, you know.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, well, follow us on Facebook. A cut above, colon, horror review. Make sure you give those ratings on uh, iTunes and on Spotify.
0: And at 2 p.m. every day, look toward your lo- local beef-o-brady's and there you might see five. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Epic beef-o-brady rants. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Alright, well thanks everybody for a great conversation about Devil's Rejects I will see you all back here next week, well I won't see you Todd but I'll see Hyderberg and John back here next week to discuss Life Force
0: And don't forget to keep it creepy Mmm
2: Delicious
3: I don't know why I have to be such a grouch This is really good Here, have some